Hey, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play this week on the Jock and Nerd podcast. The Ginger Geek is back with another Geerific. edition of What the Fuck Happened. This time, Matt Dalhauer puts his sanity on the line as he takes on the critical and commercial box office bomb that is Catwoman starring Halle Berry. It's Catwoman versus Killer Face Cream, people. What a perfect idea. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, September 27th, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Oh yeah, what's up, how's it going, listener? Thanks for joining us and welcome to... The Jock and Nerd Podcast, giving you comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews and whatever we choose every week on the interwebs. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And well, we are minus one felty, but we always Fuck have, him. We always have him. Listen, we have him yeah. here in spirit. We have replaced the felty this week with a ginger. Not just any ginger, though. He happens to host the Ginger Geek podcast, and he's our co-collaborator, creator of the What the Fuck Happened series. Of course, it's the Ginger Geek himself, Matt Delhauer. What's up? What's going on, guys? Nice to hey, have you back, buddy. We missed you. Real quick, Imran. Yeah co-collaborator he's the one that created it we didn't do shit we created the podcast and then he created the what yeah. the fuck happens i consider yeah. that a co if i no. never recorded him doing it it never would have happened yeah. that's co- no don't take some no right. give it to he him. is the full creator i give you a full we, we just we just have the platform but he's the creator <laughs> listen this is how we uh we've exposed him and to he's the world. parlayed that into a, success, a nice podcast that i've listened to it is a very good podcast oh you have listened to oh yeah <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, the stream one was terrific. Because several times I've I've been on because you keep missing the what the fuck happens. <laughs> That's right. So I usually it's I'm used to Rugboy being like, oh yeah, I, I gotta listen to that at some point, and then never does. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the stream one is terrific. I've Thank also you. listened to you on uh, Voice from the Underground. Yeah, a lot of great guest oh, yeah. appearances. So. I actually am a fan, even though I haven't participated. By the way, hello, Matt Delhauer. Oh, hi. How, how's it going, guys? I'm I'm good. I I haven't been on one of these in a long time have because, not. admittedly, I haven't seen a lot of these shitty ass movies, and I didn't feel like watching them. But at this one, for this one, have you discussed what it is yet? Uh, no. Well, if you're clicking on the title, you, you know, know what it's you've be. already seen the title, and I have seen this one. All right, that's good. Look, this is a momentous occasion. If you're a new listener, definitely check out the show notes, uh, jockandnerd.com slash 241 for links to everything uh, that we're going to talk about and how to get in touch with the show and how to subscribe. This is the 10th What the Fuck Happened. Oh, shit. Nerd. We made it to 10, and uh, I was hoping we'd have the full team back because that's always fun when we're all here. But look, uh, I'll trade a rugs uh, for an Anthony on one of these because you have missed a lot of these. And look, let's get right to the movie. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. For the 10th edition, we will be, Dalhauer, we'll be diving into Catwoman from 2004. Wowie zowie. That's right, rugs. 
Catwoman. Delhauer, uh, why don't you tell the listener, first of all, what they're in for with these what the fuck happens, and then how did we pick this fucking movie? Uh, well, okay, so what the fuck happened, if you don't know, uh, there's now ten of them that you get to enjoy. Yes. Uh, is, yes. is essentially we pick what is considered to be a bad, terrible, or just unsuccessful uh, comic book movie. Uh, I force myself to watch it. <laughs> I then recap the entire movie in a wonderfully sarcastic uh, way where I essentially just rip the shit apart while I talk about it. Uh, and then we kind of speculate afterwards a little bit on why it was the movie wound up being so god awful. Very good. Now this one, I mean, I kind of think I have a. You know why? I reckon I'm going to spoil why it's awful. Yeah, it's directed by a guy with one name. Oh, just wait. One name directors. We think we do a whole episode on whether one name directors. Yes, a French one name <laughs> director are good or bad. Delhauer, why did you pick this movie? Because it's actually quite perfect for our theme. Well, yes, it's number one. It's it's perfect for the theme. It is a comic book based movie that is considered god awful. Yes, um, raspberries. Yes, yep. any razzies. It is. It is the tied for the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of any of the movies yep, we've we, done so we far. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and because out of everything that we have watched, this is the first time that I said to myself while watching it, "This is not a film anyone should watch sober." <laughs> no. <laughs> Much like the Predator uh, from Shane Black, this uh, this movie is enhanced when you're not sober. No, literally, the perfect example of a critical and commercial box office failure. So let me set this up. We're going to travel back to 2004, listener, uh, back when Friends and Frasier had just aired their last episodes. Jimmy Fallon did his last appearance on Saturday Night Live, and Usher was at the top of the charts. Usher ruled 2004, July 23rd, 2004. Catwoman is released PG-13, and it uh, wasted an hour and 44 minutes of everyone's time that they will never get back. Uh, Della Howard just mentioned the Rotten Tomato score. This one sitting at a 9, 9%, 3.1 out of 10. That's, uh, yeah, that's one of the lowest ones we did. I mentioned it's a box office failure. Here's why. This movie uh, cost $100 million to make. What the fuck? There's your first one. Oh, trust me. You see it. A $100 million budget, right? (laughs) Opening weekend, it makes $16 million. Uh, Finishes domestically to $40 million. Worldwide, $82 million. That's all just not even. It didn't even make uh, fucking its money back. Uh, I want to go and see if I can find out how long was this movie in theaters to only make it up to $80 million. 12 months. No, I don't know. Uh, maybe it wasn't that long. No, they probably that long, they might have pulled it after like the third week. They're like, oh yeah, just this is not good. We can't we can't play this now. Look, uh, the other comic book movies around this time, the year before, we got Ben Affleck's Daredevil, X two, which was the high point of two thousand three, and Ang Lee's Hulk. Uh, it's a weird time. It's a weird time. They're book. figuring it they're out. All coming out, but they're uh, they're all different. Uh, Different skew They're or all different over notches the place. on the yes. yeah on the totem pole. On quality, sure. that like studios are still figuring out. So in two thousand four, the year Catwoman comes out, we had Hellboy, which is still a fucking great movie. Uh, then you get Thomas Jane Punisher with the John Travolta, Spider Man two. Here's your high point of the year, and Blade Trinity. 
which is not the high point of the year. Oh, wow. We were all over all the All over the place. Oh. And then the following year, it slowly kind of gets better. Check out these movies. Electra, <laughs> Fantastic Four. And every year had a high point. Oh, 2005's high point, Batman Begins. Something good happens. Batman Begins comes out. But this is, we are still right in the middle of, they don't know what the fuck really they're doing with these comic book movies. Uh, let's get into the cast and crew. Because we talked about this fucking director. His name is Pitoff. Who the fuck is Pitoff? Can anyone answer me this question? Ooh, ooh, I know. Yes, tell out. Pitoff, the one named Frenchman <laughs> who was the visual effects supervisor yes. on Alien Resurrection. Yeah, that was a. Uh, Which is also uh, a strange motherfucking movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was the one. Was that the one with Winona Ryder? Yes. Yeah, it was Winona Ryder one. And, and Ron one. Perlman. Ron Perlman oh, yeah. and Rip- Ripley is part alien. Uh, yeah, a part uh, uh, alien human hybrid clone. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a dark comedy horror movie. So you this know. guy's mostly a visual effects uh, guy. He has directed all of two movies. Catwoman was his second and last movie. He made a movie called Vidoc, Vidoc, V-I-D-O-C-Q, with Gerard Depardieu. Uh, I don't know, some French fucking movie. Uh, so that was it. Was it about cats and how they become women? God, I hope not. Uh, I'll tell you a movie that was about cats was this fucking movie, Catwoman, and featuring starring Halle Berry as uh, Catwoman. Also, the cast features Benjamin Bratt, Sharon Stone, Lambert Wilson, Francis Conroy, Alex Bordstein, and Michael Massey, the guy who accidentally killed uh, Bra- uh, Brandon Lee. Oh, God. Yeah, that guy. Uh, from the crow, the guy who pulled the trigger. Uh, oh, holy shit! That's who that that's was. That's Michael Massey playing. Yeah, playing uh, the 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 Armando, uh, which is that uh, one. Scene. Oh, he had a name in this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fucking pit off. Okay, before I'm about to give you the cue, I have a great audio cue. These last couple ones, Anthony, I've had, I've had fun with audio cues for each one, kind of branded each one. Howard the Duck had one. He Man had one. This one has one. I will play it right after I tell the listener. If you want to get in touch with the show, definitely visit our contact page, jockandnerd.com slash contact, where you will find a link to our awesome Facebook group, the Jock and Nerd Nation. It's a closed group just for our listeners to hang out, stay geeky, get geeky, meet each other. Welcome this week, new member listener, Jessica Coleman, who is, this is awesome, Glenn Smith's sister. Jock and Nerd. He turned, she listens, he turned around. That's how you spread the show, people. Great job. Glenn Smith, that's how you do it. Uh, and if you are a new listener, usually we got a lot of news, of reviews, and listener comments. We are postponing that until next week. But sorry, guys, it's fine. There, it's gonna be there. I like to make these evergreen shows, and there's a bunch of shit to catch up on. But in the meantime, listener, this is why you should join the nation because the discussion is always going on. It's going on there right now. Every trailer that drops, every casting, every picture that comes out regarding comic book movies, we are discussing it. In the nation, and uh, let me give a quick shout yeah. out to though for those of you that were hoping to hear about Creed or Bumblebee or uh, that new Dark Phoenix trailer. If you're paying us, we might have some stuff on Patreon. We might have some stuff in. And the if post you're not show. paying us, just wait till next week. Wait till we'll next week or there. sign up, and uh, you'll get our thoughts. Excellent, well done. Now, Delhauer, uh, I fired up the Netflix. This movie's on Netflix, by the way, so you can follow along. And here is your cue to get the scene going. Thank you for putting me in a piece of shit god-awful movie. Halle Berry accepting her Razzie Award. Well, first off, I'd like to say that um, 
I'm upset to hear that this movie's on Netflix because I rented it on YouTube. Oh, no, I'm oh, no. sorry. <laughs> and also, Netflix, this is what the fuck I'm paying for? Fucking Catwoman? Really? You can't you have anything else better to put on there? Really, Imran? Yeah, sorry. What are you talking <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it, funny enough, Spider-Man 3's on Netflix right now, too. See, I'll watch that all day long, though. I don't care, son. Did you know they made an editor's cut of that movie and it came out last year? Oh, shit. Enough about that. Okay. We're on to yeah. things otherwise. We already did that movie. Okay. Yeah. So, fade in from black, and we are met with the opening credits of Catwoman, which are four minutes long, and it is just nothing but pictures of paintings and hieroglyphics and all kinds of different, you know, iconography of cats, as it tells us who's in this movie. Once that's finally done, and we actually get into the film, we are first met with one of many sweeping CGI shots of whatever fucking city this is supposed to be. Yeah, some generic city. He loves these sweeping <laughs> real, shots. It's because cities, real cities don't exist in DC. Or as they do, but they don't use them in the movies, I guess. No, and, and that's the thing. is like it's, it's, it's not even touched on the idea that this would be Gotham. It is literally just an urban central area. Yeah, it's just a generic city. And we are immediately then brought to, what is the name of it? Hedair Beauty Company. Uh, which seems to be a massive conglomerate in the middle of this city. And we are introduced to Halle Berry's protagonist, Patience Phillips. Wait, what? Is that Selena Kyle? Where the fuck's Selena Kyle? What is this bullshit? No, No, there is no Selena Kyle here. God damn it. Okay. Maybe she's going to show up later. Okay, she might. Here's a spoiler. She doesn't. Oh, motherfucker. It's fucking movie. (laughs) Uh, and we, the first introduction we get to her is her like rushing to get into work. And she apparently is so bumbling and so clumsy that every three seconds, she just runs directly into another person. <laughs> Cause I don't know why it's like, it has to be like 10 in the morning, maybe at this place. Cause it seems like she's late for work, but there are so many people leaving this building. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yes yeah, it's, it's early she's just like every five steps knocking into another guy in an overcoat just going oh sorry <laughs> was there a fire drill earlier what the fuck I, is going on I, yeah i don't know and she gets inside oh crap no we don't even get there yet what's the first thing that we get is right after the credits is weird shots of her floating in water as we get a voiceover where she talks about how the day that she died was the day she came to life. That's profound. Ooh. Yeah. And the fact that we didn't immediately cue Evanescence, <laughs> that was that time. Yeah. Really is. I mean, I guess, you know, Daredevil well, already Daredevil did took it. it. Yeah. But uh, so then she gets to work. She goes running inside. She gets to her desk. She's just you know, scrambling to try and, and, and get herself ready for work. And her best friend, Sally, who is the horniest woman <laughs> in the world. It's Meg from Family Guy. No, it's it's Lois from Family Guy. I mean, Lois from Family Guy, yeah. Uh, Alex Borstein playing her best friend, uh, Sally. Mrs. uh, from Mad TV. Yeah, Mrs. Swan from Mad TV. And Alex Borstein is hilarious, but uh, not in this. Not not in this. And she's, they they get in and she's sitting down and she's getting herself ready and talking about like, oh, you know, I really have to get this presentation for this ad for the, the new Beuline beauty cream ready to show to the CEO of the company. And meanwhile, Sally apparently has gotten her hands on the like testing model or whatever of, of the Beuline cream that she is using uh, to which patients is chastising her being like, uh, uh, why 
How, I, I don't think you're supposed to use that. They haven't even tested that yet. It could be dangerous. How did you even get it? And she basically, she's like, hey, yeah, yeah, whatever. I got it. It's fine. Uh, and immediately starts slathering it all over her face, talking about how, like, I'm addicted to this stuff. It makes me look so good. But, oh, man, I've got headaches. <laughs> subtle. <laughs> Real subtle there. It's like, huh, I wonder if there's a connection to that. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> As we are then introduced to our main antagonists, uh, George and what the hell was her Lauren. name? Lauren. Laurel. No, Laurel. 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 Yes, George and Laurel Hedare. Basic Hedare, yeah. Uh, yes, Laurel Hedare played by Sharon Stone. Stone. Hey, what's Sharon Stone doing in 2004? She's, she's not showing her vagina. Not much, no. Uh, and they are having a meeting with, I guess, their investors or their board or whatever it is, talking about how they are days away from the launch of this Buline cream, and it's going to revolutionize the market because it is legitimately an anti-aging cream. And they decided... And because we are now uh, transitioning into a new phase of our company, my wife, Laurel, is going to retire as the face of the company, and we're going to bring in a new model. And you can tell Laurel's not happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) And the new model, they they make some kind of a joke about how, uh, you know, they're going to have some big party to celebrate the the new model and the new cream. And, and uh, Laurel makes a joke about like, well, you got to be careful because she's not old enough to drink. And that what then reminds you that a lot of women in the fashion and beauty industry are actually like 15. But she is retiring after 15 years of being in this business. They, they, they really ram home the fact that Sharon Stone is old. Her skin looks great in this movie, though, I got to admit. Well, of course She's it glowing. does. We'll touch on that yeah. later. Uh, so at which point they then... Uh, the weird thing about this scene was as both of them were talking, like their voices echoed as if they were on like a PA system. Oh. But they're just standing in the room talking. <laughs> so it's like I, the, the acoustics in this boardroom are fucking god awful. <laughs> but they, uh, they then uh, cut back to them in their office... Because I guess they share an office, or it's, maybe it's his office. Uh, and essentially just bickering, because obviously their marriage is a sham. So I got to pause <laughs> for a second, because I just I never saw this movie before, and I just watched it the other day. I, really? I, yes. I, again, I, again this, well, that doesn't right. I, this, yeah. was, this was my first viewing as well. Oh, excellent. Yes, because look, I knew Halle Berry in the Catwoman suit. I've seen those pictures. But there's a scene right here where this is where you notice a couple of things about this movie. It's Halle Berry and Alex Borstein's character walking down the hallway talking to each other. First of all, Harry Berry's like, she's dressed like shit. Harry Berry. Harry Berry. Harry Berry. Halle's <laughs> dressed like shit uh, the whole time before she she's, turns into Catwoman. She's wearing this really weird, like... <laughs> flower like billowy blouse with like a fucking smock over it, it looks something yeah, yeah and it's got yeah it's like a, a a tree print it honestly looks like what fred flintstone wore in the fucking flintstones i don't understand this outfit yeah. it's because they had to do everything they could to be like oh well you know she's this meek you know yes, they're uh, really playing uh, up you know, the awkward mousy woman mousy woman it, they put her in like the most god-awful clothing so it's like you wouldn't possibly be attracted to her i'm like it's fucking halle berry yeah, yeah. Would. that's the thing that's the thing is you have it's you have halle berry playing this woman that's not supposed to be attractive at all and, and yeah, even and in those even ugly still, ass clothes yeah. you're like and but that's fucking halle fucking, berry. Right. i was gonna say and unlike unlike in batman returns when michelle pfeiffer is playing selena kyle and she's supposed to kind of be this this frumpy mousy woman right. before she turns into Catwoman. yeah 
they actually like they put glasses on her. Yep, they like yep. made it that her hair was really yep, frizzy yep. and not taken care of. And like, you know, just they you know, ruffled clothing and everything. It's like they, they tried to at least be like she doesn't take care of herself. Yeah, yeah that's Tim, Tim Burton's costume design that's well thought out. Yeah. Whereas with this, it's like, well, her hair is still like perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's Halle Berry. So she's not going to let them like make her face not look good or cover it up much. Yeah, yeah, so we're just gonna put her in a dumb smock and be like, "Oh, what an idiot! No one would, no one would possibly be attracted to you." But the other thing, this scene, two people walking down the hallway. It's like twenty seconds, and this is what I knew. Started realizing about this fucking guy Pitoff. Twenty second scene. There's literally seventeen fucking edits. I it cuts. I started counting, and I will go one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand. I never got to three one thousand. It was cutting every fucking two seconds. I was like. Whoa, what the fuck is going on? They're just walking down the hall talking to each other. The editing in this movie leads me to believe that they only ever did maybe one take of any shot they uh, ever did. Well, they have like 15 cameras covering the every fucking scene and they used everything. From yeah, it's every scene, no matter what, they're jumping between five different like vantage points. Holy shit. It's almost unwatchable. Sorry, and I had every, to mention that. And every transition literally just like pulls away from the building in CGI yep. and flies, flies across out the city like a video to game. the next building. Oh, yes! that I remember. Yes. I don't remember all the cuts, but I do remember There that. are a fucking a million goddamn edits in this movie. So, uh, so unnecessary. Carry on, Delauer. Sorry to derail. So, um, after after talking to Sally in, in the hallway, which apparently is super intense because of all the cuts. Yes. Uh, we go to uh, George's office where she shows up with the, to, because she needs to meet with him and he is chastising her for the print of the ad that they're going to run for this Buline cream and is essentially just like verbally abusing the shit out of her. Just like, you know, what is this garbage? I thought you had talent. This red isn't the red I wanted. How are you so worthless? You should kill yourself. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, dude, she's a fucking graphic artist at a company. Like, there's no way she's the only one, too. Like, if you don't like this one, you probably have nine other people that can make a fucking poster. I don't buy that she's a graphic designer for one second. I didn't see her design anything in this. Well, no, I was like, oh, she she's a fucking designer? She doesn't do any graphic design. No. They show her painting once. Oh, one, there's one brush stroke. That's it. And then they show her like doodling at her desk and that's it. That's right. But so he, he's basically, you know, giving her the, the, you know, I should just beat the shit out of you right now speech. And then Sharon Stone's like, oh, just let her try again. You know, she's good at her job. Well, apparently he doesn't <laughs> because he, he assumes her to be mentally retarded. <laughs> and so he's like, fine. You can do one more try. I want to have it by midnight tomorrow night. And immediately I had to question, when the fuck does this building close? What kind of deadline is that? I never at once. I'm a de listen. I'm a designer. I literally am a graphic designer. My boss has never said have this in by midnight. That's just not a time you would give for a, a, a thing. No. In the real world. Because it is beyond ridiculous to assume that once the person leaves for the day at like say five, maybe six o'clock, yes, that they are going to spend the next six hours still working for you off the clock, and then get. I do that all the time. <laughs> no, Ooh, I do that. fucking jockey, dude, overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> so she then goes back. Uh, I think there's another scene with Sally, but honestly, I can't remember. Um, but 
we then immediately uh, get to see yet again just how meek and powerless uh, Halle Berry is in this movie because back at her apartment, she's trying to sleep. And it's almost four in the morning, but her next door neighbor's got a raging party going on with loud rock music and everybody's drinking and wearing leather. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's dimly lit and it appears to be an apartment because she's up on like the fourth floor, right? Yeah, she's on like the fourth floor. It's like one floor below and it looks like it's supposed to be an apartment. Okay, we'll get to what it but is later. It's also, yeah. <laughs> um, so she goes over to the window and opens the window and is like, ah, uh, I- excuse me. Can oh you gosh. can you turn down the music? It's like, you know that's not going to work. <laughs> I don't know why we're even doing this scene right now. <laughs> but she also then sees down in the alleyway a CGI cat <laughs> sitting on top of a motorcycle that meows at her. And every two seconds, we cut back and forth between her and the cat and her and the cat and her and the cat and the cat's gone. So then I guess she went back to bed or, I don't know, got herself drunk or something to pass out but the next day ambient. yeah a little yeah, ambient took a few ambient sent little, out yeah. some tweets little peppermint schnapps you're all good ambient some cough medicine you're good yeah. scissor so yeah. the next day she's attempting to paint her troubles away in the exact same outfit she wore yesterday yeah she's not changed and the painting is really shitty like i don't know what you're painting it's it uh, i don't know my feeling is when it comes to like painting and art and stuff like you could fucking do anything and call it art. Yeah, so I was, true. maybe it's maybe it's brilliant. It's true. Um, but then she realizes, like, that she notices the cat from last night is now on her windowsill. What's gonna happen? So she's like, "Oh, hey, look, it's that cat." She said to no one except herself. And she goes to go check on it, and when she gets to the window, it's gone. And now it's on a ledge up above her window. And she's so worried about it that she climbs out onto her window ledge and then over on top of her air conditioning unit to try and get this cat. But now the air conditioning unit's going to fall out of the window and she's going to plummet to her death of like maybe three stories. <laughs> she's up there. Yeah, it's like two stories up. <laughs> uh, at which point, Benjamin Bratt, who's playing Officer Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, or whatever the hell I was gonna say whatever the hell his character <laughs> was playing the law and order, order guy um, is driving down the street and he sees her out on the ledge so he immediately drives his car up onto the sidewalk and jumps out of it and yell is like yelling to her like don't do it don't do it you've got so much to live for and he pulls out his badge he's like I'm a cop don't jump and kill yourself and I'm like what does it matter that you're a cop? Yes. That's the important <laughs> part of the information you're trying to convey. This is, this is how we're going to do our exposition is, uh, uh, I'm a cop. Look at my badge. I don't want to look down right now. So now we've got our, our awkward meat cute of he thinks she's suicidal and she thinks she's going insane because this cat keeps blinking at, in and out of existence <laughs> around her. So he goes and he runs upstairs because she's about to fall and he damn near dives out her window because I guess apparently the door to her apartment was open and unlocked and catches her except for the fact that like she's on her like tiptoes when she gets out of that window to begin with. So I don't know how the two of them are now just casually hanging out on her windowsill. (laughs) Also, he got up there very quickly. There's a lot of cuts in this movie where people just show up really quickly. Everybody has the ability to just teleport. Yeah, they just jump to the spot where they need to be. 
so then they have this awkward, oh, you know, uh, hey, uh, I wasn't going to kill myself. Um, it was just an awkward thing of whatever. And then she says, oh, my God, she's late for work. And she runs out the door. No, here, this one part that bothered me. The line actually was, I am late for my job. And for some oh, yeah. reason, I was like, who the fuck talks like that? I was like, I would I would go out late for work. Do you, has, do you guys refer to your job as, oh, I have to go to my job. Oh, I'm on my way to my job. No. Who the fuck says I'm late for my job? It's just really, I was, that one line stuck out and I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah, it's, that's essentially some jackass writer yes. just wrote in like, oh, I'm late for, where's she going? Uh, probably to her job. I'm late for my job. Yeah. Great. First draft done. Let's film it. This mo- yeah, the script clearly had no rewrites. That or this had to have been an issue with like translation between her and Pitoff. Oh, he is a French motherfucker, isn't he? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, in her Razzie speech, she made a joke about never knowing what he was saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And so I really wonder if maybe like he didn't honestly speak English that much, which explains most of this movie. Thank you for putting me in a piece of shit god awful movie. So she she goes running off to work Uh, after she runs out of her apartment. He finds her wallet on the floor just randomly. Uh, And he's like, oh, hey, your wallet. And then she doesn't do anything uh, because apparently she can't hear past 10 feet away from her. (laughs) So she runs out the building and he's like, oh, wow, I I guess I'll have to try and get it to her somehow. (laughs) So we then cut and uh, we're back to Sharon Stone being unbelievably bitter about the fact that she's apparently too old to be a model now. And I don't remember if it was this point. I think it's later in the movie. But I think one of my favorite things about this is that she makes a comment that she's 40 years old. Yeah. um, And that she's been in the business for 15 years. Yeah. Which tells me she got into the modeling business at 25. Yeah. And I hate to tell you, yeah. 25 is old in modeling. It is. You'd be done by 25. So if you have been a model until you are 40, and granted, I think they're playing at the idea that the only reason she's a model is because she is married to the CEO of the beauty uh, company. Oh, yeah. Um, you did well. Right. That's not bad. <laughs> if you could be good till 40 as a female model, like you're, you're, you're doing fine. Plus, what's the problem? You're obviously flush with fucking cash. Yeah. Why are you, know, you bitter? You, I think you're essentially co-owner of like what appears to be the world's most important beauty company. You think Cindy Crawford got upset when the, they're fine? Like, look, Cindy, we're going to, you know, you had a long run, but I don't think Cindy Crawford didn't watch this movie. No. I wonder how she felt about this movie. We should find <laughs> out. Well, the thing that I think is so funny about like the concept for this movie is they are making it such a huge deal about this beauty cream release. Yeah. <laughs> like they are talking about it on the news. There's fucking billboards for it. And the billboards aren't even like, Hey, uh, buy this. It's like, Hey, this is coming soon. These women can't get wait to get their hands on some of the stuff. They're like, I, I gotta get the stuff. It's like literally this anti-aging beauty cream is a fucking iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so she's she's being bitter about, you know, growing older and, and finds out that apparently there is a uh, an issue that needs to be taken care of at the uh, chemistry uh, meth lab that uh, they have for for their beauty cream yeah. um, lotion meth lab. Yeah. Patience gets to work. She gets to her cubicle. And as she's sitting down, 
her nameless gay best friend stands up and tells her to look over at the man sandwich coming by. He's also very horny. Like, there's a lot of horny people in this office. Everybody in this office yeah. wants to fuck. Yeah, all the time. Uh, and apparently it's Benjamin Bratt, and he found her at work because I'm going to assume she has something in her wallet that tells him where she works. Yeah, not in my wallet. I, that wouldn't happen if I dropped my wallet. Yeah, I've got, I've got my my ID. It tells me where I live, but he was already in the apartment. So, yeah. like that means he either straight up followed this woman, stalker, yeah, like we'll like pick. like you know, two cars back followed her here, <laughs> or he really abused his ability as a police officer to try and track her down. <laughs> hey, the girl needs her wallet, man. So he finds her there. Uh, they have their little cute chat, and they decide that they're going to go out and uh, uh, get dinner. Or uh, they're going to meet up for coffee. That's what it was the next day. Uh, and uh, we get more jokes from the gay guy and Alex Borstein about how everybody in this company wants to fuck Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> and then uh, we get this crazy like time-lapse fucking shot of her working at her desk until everybody leaves. Which means that she literally is sitting here until midnight working on the redo of this uh, advertisement. She's a hardworking graphic designer. Oh, boy. Gets it finished, rolls it up, puts it in the poster tube, and now she needs to deliver it to the CEO. But he's not at the building, so she decides to deliver it to the CEO at the chemistry meth lab that they have? That sounds like a good idea. Because apparently she just knows that he's probably going to be there. That's where he probably hangs out at night. That's where all CEOs usually hang out. So we CGI shot our way over to the map. Oh, we fly, swoop over like it's a goddamn video game. Flies down in and transitions into a fucking crane shot. Yes. And what I love is is that there is a uh, like in this shot. There's a car outside with a guard standing guard there. Yep. And she just walks in from the side of the screen. (laughs) Completely behind him. Yes. And just walks into the building. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's great. (laughs) So she gets into the building. She's wandering around the building. Comes across a like a door that says like restricted access. Just fucking walks right in. It's not locked at all. Uh, meanwhile, Sharon Stone is meeting up with the scientists who are making this beauty cream, and he's giving her this whole spiel about like, hey, look, we knew it could give people headaches and cause nausea, and I was fine with that. But now, if people stop using it, it fucking ruins their face. I can't have that. And she's all like, well, I guess we just do whatever we can. I'm not going to have it changed. This has to go out. So too bad. People are going to get maimed. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like corporate America. Yeah, that's about right. What's <laughs> funny about this is they were, oh, they do show her. I didn't think they showed her because you just heard her voice. They were trying to hide well, that it was her. But I was going no, to say when, yeah, when, uh, when uh, Halle Berry wanders into the room and she sees the big PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, with the face with the woman with the fucking di- yeah. Joker scars. Yes, it's disintegrating. <laughs> And the guy talking about, like, we're turning people into monsters. And it literally, I thought to myself, I was like, tell me that's what this is. Yes. Tell me it's going to be that they're going to turn people into literal monsters and she has to fight them. (laughs) That would have been way better than what they gave us. And then she, she, you know, bumbles her way into a fucking cardboard box or something because (laughs) she's apparently klutzy as shit. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, who's that? Oh, oh, God, get her. She heard everything. 
heard heard all of what like <laughs> all she heard was that maybe there's a problem with this thing and she saw a thing that honestly if she went to the cops you could probably burn the evidence and no one would believe her because you're rich and she's not the best part is they call the guard that was sitting out front they're like yeah, somebody and they, i'm like dude she they, just they walked radio, by you they radio the guard who she just happened to breeze <laughs> past outside yes as well as the one Asian dude that's just sitting in the room with them. Oh, yeah. So she goes running off and goes to hide in, like, one of the big factory floor fucking science rooms. Uh, and she's getting chased by these two guards, who are apparently the only two guards in this whole building. Michael Manson. Uh, and while while the Asian guy is, like, talking to her, being all like, hey, you can come out. It's okay. You know, we just want to talk to you. Michael Massey just starts shooting at her. Yeah, <laughs> And my favorite thing is this, where she's hiding, she is around a corner with her back to a bunch of boxes, but they spot her because there is a shadow of her backlit through a chain link fence There's a perfect, on a wall. Yes, a perfect shadow, a crisp outline shadow when she's pressed up against a wall on the other side. How is this shadow happening? Somebody touch my spaghetti! I don't know. It, it makes no sense. It's amazing. <laughs> so he starts firing at her. She runs away. She bumbles her way into the fucking like sewage runoff for this building. Or I guess it's just like the runoff for, you know, beauty cream byproduct <laughs> for all the nasty beauty cream. And yeah, it literally it just looks like sludge yeah. that she is just like slip slides her way down into and then crawls into the unnecessarily large runoff tunnel. Well, it's got to be big enough for her to run through. Yeah. So she goes running down through that, and instead of chasing after her, Michael Massey's like, I got an idea, and he just, like, turns on the fucking, like, runoff purge or whatever it is. So she goes running down this tunnel, and she's being blown around by fucking wind machines, which had me sit there being like, so is this a runoff, or is this the fucking AC right, unit? Like, I, I don't know what's happening wind here. Was, was just wind was coming through there. But she <laughs> finally gets to the end, and it's this giant open mouth tunnel off the side of a cliff that doesn't makes sense <laughs> like geographically yeah, on this, this fucking cliff? in this city yeah this doesn't make sense yeah, that's a good point because the ball factories are built next to giant cliffs <laughs> yeah, by the so river. now for yeah, the runoff. yeah i was gonna say for the runoff to empty it directly into the ocean right uh because <laughs> god knows the epa would not fucking have something to say about that and so she's just you know she's doing her best harrison ford in the fugitive like standing at the edge of this tunnel being like what am i gonna do and then she gets bulleted out of the tunnel by a fucking giant wall of water and dies. <laughs> and that was Catwoman. So, <laughs> so then we get a whole bunch of her getting knocked around and thrown around underwater. Uh, and then she gets dragged up onto the Isle of Cats. <laughs> She's dumped on there some garbage. Just just some I don't even think it's garbage. It's, it's like a fucking rock formation. Made out of cat shit, probably. Which at which point I'm like, There's this like moss and cats. Yeah. yeah it's it's moss, well, it's cats, rocks, and like yeah. a rock. Yeah. Uh to which I immediately was like, is this fucking like San Francisco? Is she out on Alcatraz yeah, or some where shit? Is, this is the most this is literally thing. like a mile off the shore. Yeah, the skyline's in the back. It's just this island somewhere. And so she's laying there, and then she gets surrounded by a whole bunch of cats who are very poorly green screened into this shot. <laughs> yeah. They're they're CGI and CGI. Well, no, the close ups. The ones the ones that are just sitting there. 
Oh, yeah. yes. It's all regular cats. Yeah. It's just that they green screened them into the shot. Yeah. Individually composited, probably. Oh, and you see the outline fuzzy around them. Yeah. And then you get the CGI cat that comes crawling up and performs the CPR ritual. Yeah, he like French kisses of her. Breathing cat breath into her mouth. And being a guy who owns a cat, this was what I was fucking gross. This is what I was gonna ask. I was like, I was watching this, and I was like, I gotta ask Del Howard as a cat person. This fucking, I was like, this is the creepiest fucking thing. Cats creep me out already a little bit, and this is not helping. Like I'm fairly certain when I'm sleeping, she's just watching me. And she's sitting on you, just looking at you. And so this, this is like, this is what I imagine my life will end as. Give uh, uh, me smothered uh, by your cat. And so she then like wakes up on this island and suddenly like her fucking senses are going wild like she can see in like 5D and like <laughs> really hear this one weird crab that's crawling by that she's trying to kill with her hands cuz I think she might be a cat. There was one clever thing they did was when they zoomed into the pupil and it was round and then it like snapped to like a diamond cat pupil. That's a feline. Yeah, pupil I was like, now. "Oh, that's kind of clever." That's fine. Yeah, I guess. Then it just. Yeah, then I was going to say for 2004, sure, right. yeah, throw it in. Yeah. Um, Too bad that's just not all the character. Okay, keep going. Exactly. <laughs> and then we smash cut to back to her apartment because why the fuck should we know how the hell she got back yes, there? No, that happens all the time. Also, she is movie. just skulking through the alleyway behind her apartment like a Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> Until she like gets to the back, like the back where the, the the fire escape is, and she leaps up onto the fire escape as a CGI lady cat. Yeah, and then just punches through her window <laughs> and crawls into her her apartment. Uh, apparently, there was no party going on tonight. <laughs> it was quiet. You know, at this point, I was like, I had no idea I was walking into a literal cat woman movie really at, yeah even at this in this day even at this time i know i had no idea what the plot of this fucking movie was i may have heard i may have forgot i was like this is a cat woman this is cat woman I, this, I didn't know that this wasn't gonna be it so she uh punches through her window crawls inside and goes to sleep and she wakes up in a tiny little bed that she made in some sort of art deco rafter <laughs> of her like studio apartment that she falls out of and oh man she is not feeling good and so she's like checking the news to see what's going on or she's uh, getting a, a phone message from benjamin bratt who's like hey uh thought we were gonna have coffee but um i guess not so like uh you know i'm real heartbroken about it because like i'm a sensitive guy or something <laughs> and she gets changed like she she wakes up and she wakes up in nice clothes like Suddenly, it's like, oh, wait, she actually owns decent looking clothing. So what the fuck was she wearing yeah, before? What, yeah, what kind of garb baggage was she wearing? <laughs> so she she then has the CGI cat appear again in her apartment. And so she grabs it. It is like, what the fuck is with you, cat? Who the hell do you belong to? It starts like fiddling around with its collar to try and see if there's a tag to the point where it just looks like Halle Berry's trying to fucking choke a cat to death. <laughs> and then the cat, the cat like has this weird looking collar that I guess is supposed to be all like ornate and like old school Egyptian, maybe. And it doesn't have a tag. It apparently has a secret compartment with a fucking scroll in it. Yeah, it's supposed to be like Egyptian. They're they're t- tapping into like Bast. Yeah. Cat God Bast. 
So and she she pulls the little scroll out and it says Ophelia Powers and also gives an address. Uh, so she goes to go visit Ophelia Powers, who lives in a tiny ranch house that is just nestled in between a whole bunch of apartment complexes somewhere in generic city. Another perplexing Pitoff shot here. Where, yeah, where it, it comes down like over the fucking overpass and down through the buildings. And then you see the house as a reflection in a building, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it settles in on the house, which has like its own little lawn. But then it goes into like, the reflection and it becomes the building. I was like, what? What? What is the point of this? What are you doing? Yeah, I, I feel like I think it was I think this was actually around the same time. I feel like he saw. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, I and the see. fact that like Alfonso Cuaron fucking loved doing his whole like moving through window panes and into the mirror and now it's the real shot and all that. So he was like, I could do that, but poorly. Yeah, and for no reason. It just confused the fuck out of me. I was like, what 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 happened? So she goes to visit and essentially her visit boils down to I found your cat, so you should have it back. And then uh, walking into Ophelia's house and her being like, that's weird. Midnight never brings guests home. And you're like, oh, you're fucking insane. Okay. <laughs> and so then she's like sitting there for a minute and I can't really remember too much of what they talked about, but it was essentially just like foreshadowing at the idea of like, you've got cat superpowers now. <laughs> and her being like, no, I don't. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> and so she gets freaked out and she's about to leave and <laughs> Ophelia throws her a tiny ball that Halle Berry catches and immediately just starts rubbing all over her face. Oh, this is great. Orgasmically. Just, oh, God, yes. Oh, the tiny ball. <laughs> and she walks over and she takes it away from her and just goes, catnip. And I'm like, oh, oh fucking God, so literal. assholes. It's so bad. And it's like stuck to her face. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And so she like runs out of the house because she, she needs to go to her job. I'm late for my uh, job. And so she's walking down the sidewalk, talking to herself very loudly, which tells me that this is probably New York. <laughs> and she, as she's walking down the sidewalk, talking to herself, she's like walking and being like, nothing weird's happening. Everything's fine. I don't get what the hell just happened, but I don't care. I got to get to work. And then suddenly she'll like turn around and be like, no, I have to find out what's wrong with me. I have to find out what happened to me last night. I don't remember anything from last night. And then she'll stop and turn back. And No, no, no. I got to get to work. I got to get to my job. I got to go do my job. And then finally she like stops in the middle of the sidewalk, like feet shoulder width apart whips her arms down out to her sides and just goes, I'm fine <laughs> while people are walking past her and not a single person looks at her. And I immediately call bullshit. I don't care what city you're in. Even if you are used to crazy ass women talking to themselves on the sidewalk, you at least look at them, do it while you walk by. <laughs> so she goes to work. And while she's at work, the first thing I had to think to myself was, what in the fuck is the sweater she's wearing? Because <laughs> it is a red sweater that looks pretty much normal until you get to the sleeves. And then the holes for the sleeves are like four feet in diameter. <laughs> uh, it's like a wizard sleeve. It's like exactly. a wizard sleeve. Yeah, but she's wearing it under a goddamn coat. So the sleeves are just pouring out of her jacket. Like she's a fucking like magician who has all the fucking scarves like falling out of his sleeves. This movie and has it, the worst outfits. I don't I don't get it. 
So she goes to work. <laughs> uh, and, and while she's at work, she's sitting at her desk, bored out of her mind, drawing a picture of her boss as the devil, while he's standing there berating her in front of everyone about being a stupid moron who's bad at her job and she's incompetent and woe is you. I hope you die and maybe of cancer. <laughs> and then she just turns around. I was like, huh? It's like, are you even listening? She was no. <laughs> and at this point, like if I was him, I would think, Oh, I think you're drunk. <laughs> but then she starts having this fucking Jekyll and Hyde moment. Where now she's like telling him like, well, you know what I think? I think you're a piece of shit and I hate you and you could fucking die because no one likes you and you're an asshole. And he's like, oh, yeah. And suddenly she's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. It's like, okay, well, you're fired. And she's like, yeah, well, fuck you. It's like, yeah, well, double fuck you. I didn't mean it. Uh, It's like, why is why is this like part of her turning into? Well, what would you call it? I'm going to call it a. A woman of Katniss. Yeah, it's their Katniss is coming out. And so she gets fired. The guy walks out and then everybody in that department starts applauding her for standing up to him, despite the fact that she just got fired. (laughs) This will change nothing for any of you. And now the boss has heard you all cheering on him getting fucking berated in front of the people that work for him. That's a good point. (laughs) Um, Way to get fired. And so as they're as they're walking out and I guess Sally is helping carry her stuff and she's, you know, got her desk packed up and she's leaving. Uh, Sally just passes the fuck out, like in the middle of the road. And gets admitted to the hospital and it turns out something's going on with her, but we don't know what it is. Because all she wants to do is fuck the doctor because she she is thirsty AF. Yeah, <laughs> thirsty AF. <laughs> certainly is. Um uh, Yes, she talks about how she wants to bang her doctor, and on that note, you should go bang that Benjamin Bratt guy, uh, because you stood him up for coffee, and that's not cool, so you better go deal with that. So you owe him sex. Exactly. So she says, yeah, you know, you're right. I do owe him sex. I'm going to go find (laughs) out where he is. Uh, Apparently, he is giving some sort of a talk to kids at a school about uh, being... Good kids, I guess. What an amazing role model this person is. Um, and in the middle of his talk, one kid asks, will you fire your gun? <laughs> and he goes, no. And then someone else is like, can we just see it? He's like, no. <laughs> you know what, guys? Let's all just go play some basketball. They're all, oh, no. yeah. So they go to run play basketball. And she's standing there waiting for him because she apparently also has this weird preternatural capability of just finding somebody when she doesn't know where the fuck they he are. He just shows up there. Yeah, Cats can stalk their prey. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so she shows up. She hands him a coffee that she wrote sorry on in calligraphy. That will be important later. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, and they decide, well, you know, maybe we could give it another shot. And then suddenly one kid just walks up and goes, how about the two of you play each other in one-on-one basketball? <laughs> and uh, all I that, think- That's all I thought of when I saw like <laughs> the girl teacher interact with the boy teachers. I want to see you guys play basketball. Yeah, I want to watch, no. watch the two of you take each other on in sports. <laughs> yes. Sports that are just so obviously meant to be the two of you just getting all up in each other's business. <laughs> <laughs> And if you thought the editing for conversations was bad. Oh, my God. 
Welcome to the basketball scene. This is the most bizarre version of basketball I have ever witnessed. Gosh, they cut a lot, don't they? I'm watching this basketball scene yes. now. Just them talking Dude, and they're cutting cut so every much. Every time. Like, who films a bat? Describe how this is filmed. Who shoots a basketball game like this? The, it's like the camera is like rotating underneath them. The camera yeah, all never time. stops moving this yeah. entire the, movie. There's this, yeah, it's this weird gyroscopic, like, yeah. Film direction, like low angle like, fisheye, almost fisheye, yeah. Yeah. yeah, low angle fisheye, and then suddenly it's sweeping up to like overhead of them, and just like it's cutting every second. And I know for a sheer fact it's because there's no way that they could do long takes and make Halle Berry and Benjamin Bratt look in any way athletic. And they have like they really have no chemistry together. And she's shaking her ass at him, and all the kids are watching him yeah, look like, at her shaking his she's, ass. She's shaking her ass at him. He's like getting right up in her face and like wrapping his arms around her to try and get to the basketball. Like the two of them are just like mere moments away from just fucking on this basketball court but like this camera it's from underneath it never stops moving and can we mention the generic fucking music throughout this whole thing is yeah. it has the craziest generic like hip-hop generic r&b I, I remember i remember that song coming out and liking it well i don't remember what the song was that came I'm out of this but the- i was gonna say because i also remember when she has the scene where they are the the guys across the the alley are having their yes, party yes whatever that song was i was like i remember this song <laughs> like i could not tell you by who or what it is but i heard this all the goddamn time in high school I remember hearing that song a lot. The music, like in the basketball scene Mystique, when they go to the club, scandalous. That was. It go. sounds like yeah. the most generic, horrible music video shit ever. Uh, that was the weirdest basketball scene I've ever seen, dude. I I fully encourage anyone listening just watch that scene. Pause. Yeah. Right now, go to YouTube, watch the Catwoman basketball scene. It's, all the clips are there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can rent the movie for three dollars and make me not feel as bad as the fact that I did. Um, <laughs> the scene will back. Give, it will give you a headache. Yeah, uh, after yeah. watching it's terrible yeah. Yeah. I'm do watching it as we speak so yeah, do, not, do not watch any of these scenes while under the influence of any sort of like uh, mind altering substance other than alcohol because that's fine I love that she goes up for the dunk well, yes yeah, and she, she comes, dunks over him right yeah. and she slams down on him and he, he would have cracked his skull wide open on the concrete nothing happened. let alone she would have fucking shattered his pelvis yeah and she just <laughs> I was like you could have just killed him what are you doing and so the basketball scene classic has ended. Yeah. And this film will not live up to it beyond. <laughs> it's one of the highlights Man. of the movie. Thank you for putting me in a piece of shit. God awful movie. Uh, so we now have to go back and we have to check in with our antagonists. And what is Laurel doing? She's standing in her office being mad at the fact that she's old while she looks at pictures of the new model for the company. And every one of these pictures is the exact same shot. They're all the same photo, with just different differently. backgrounds. Yes, and they zoomed in. into them, and they're all just color backgrounds. Yes. Like one, one on a red background, yeah. one on a blue background, yeah. one on an orange background. And it's like, I get the idea that maybe it's like, hey, this is the shot we're using. What do we want to do for the background for the advertisement? But it's like, I don't think you need to have fucking printed out headshots like 40 of them <laughs> just to be like, what color background do we want? Why do you have all these graphic designers if this is all you're doing? That's yeah, my other question. Well, obviously, they apparently don't. Yeah, not it anymore. seems like she was the only fucking one at that <laughs> <Yes>. company. <laughs> and so she's being all pissy about being old and talks to uh, 
There's Imran what? hitting a vape, by the way. That's right. The viewers out Just there, that you're if you're playing your Jack and Nerd bingo, take a shot every you time go. you hear that. He's been doing it for a while, but I wanted to call that years. Out. I think I think he meant for a while in the episode. Oh, in the episode, I yeah, just you meant every one. episode. Yeah, you can hear it if you listen carefully. Uh, and she's she has a chat with I believe it's it's the uh, the white bodyguard, whoever that was, Michael Massey. <laughs> Thank you. So there's Michael two Massey. bodyguards, yeah. one white, one Asian. Asian only yeah. bodyguards in this movie. Yeah. Uh, has a conversation oh, with no, him. It was the Asian bodyguard. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. It has a conversation with the Asian bodyguard. Uh, basically, is like, um, your husband wanted me to tell you that uh he's gonna be busy working and she's like no he's not he's going off to a hotel to go sleep with that model and then walks over to the window and immediately spots him leaving the building with the model convenient yeah <laughs> i was like i knew it <laughs> see right there um he gives no fucks he'll do it right in front of me <laughs> and so now we know that there's infidelity and she's mad that she's old yep uh, my next note that I have written is, wow, she is such a cat lady, because the next uh, bit is she goes home and she this is a, the next night she's trying to sleep and the party is raging yet again. And it's a different rock song, but they're all hanging there with the window open and everybody's drinking. And she comes over and she screams out of her window this time that they need to turn it down. <laughs> you kids. <laughs> And they all they all basically just tell her to fuck off. So she stalks over to that apartment. Is it an apartment? <laughs> kicks the door in. Yes. And suddenly we're in a bar. Yeah, it's like a big warehouse bar. Like, what the fuck? You're on the third floor. What is going on? Like this studio apartment has been turned into a fucking like venue. It's, it's all like exposed brick. There's a stage. It's got there's a, a bar, bar with yes. a fucking professional PA system. <laughs> but, yes. And so she comes storming in. She jumps on the wet bar. She shoots both of the speakers with the fucking uh, bar hose. Yeah. And I'm assuming with, I guess, seltzer water <laughs> uh, ruining the speakers. She then kind of kicks the crap out of the guy who we assume owns this place, but just happens to be the guy we see most often. And basically tells him, like, you guys better stop being fucking dicks. <laughs> and then whips him with the bar hose. <laughs> and goes home. And so, as she goes home, she decides that she's done being this meek, mousy-haired woman who's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> She decides she's going to cut her hair with two pairs of scissors at the same time. <laughs> she's going she's going to put on makeup for once. Dye her hair cuz she apparently just had bleach in her apartment for it, but you know, never did it before, but now she's feeling saucy. <laughs> and breaks out a box that was buried in her closet. From Sally and I'm assuming the gay friend that says in case of a dating emergency. And in that box is a pair of leather pants and a leather coat that is cut specifically to cup her breasts. So now she's in makeup. She's got a short kind of dyed like blonde hairstyle. She's in this leather getup and she goes outside and she steals the motorcycle 
that the guy who owns the bar apartment, ooh, bar apartment, bar apartment, that's what it is, <laughs> uh, steals that and just rides off down the road while you hear him added in with ADR, yeah. oh, my bike. <laughs> <laughs> And she decides she's going to go back to a jewelry store she passed uh, a little while ago. But in the meantime, more unwatchable pit off uh, bike driving scenes. Oh, God, yes. It gives you a headache. The CGI of her driving through the city. It's like sped up and there's flashy lights and like a lot of times they're not even showing her. And I'm like, you, my eyes hurt. What is going on? I also realized as I go back and I think about it, uh, I feel like Pitoff saw the, the movie The Crow with Brandon Lee, the yeah. one that had Michael Massey yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh, and said to himself, there's not nearly enough terrible CGI. <laughs> so that's great. what I'm going to do. Yes, and he did. <laughs> so she drives off to this jewelry store where, you know, earlier that day before Sally passed out, she saw this really, really fucking gaudy necklace and thinks, now that I have beat, uh, broken into a man's apartment, destroyed his personal property, <laughs> And assaulted him in front of his friends. I am going to break into this place and I'm going to steal this jewelry because I do what I want. And as she's about to break in, she sees there's three guys who are already robbing the jewelry store. And you know what? She can't have that. (laughs) This is her Uncle Ben moment. Yes. So she gets in and she beats the shit out of these three guys by first opening a jewelry case that has a cat-shaped domino mask in it and puts it on because she needs to protect her identity in case these guys can identify her as someone they've never met. (laughs) (laughs) She goes in. She does... She CGI crawls up and down the walls. She CGI crawls up and down the walls, but first, beforehand, she gives... This little speech to the, the, the store robbers. And as you can hear the fucking soul leaving my body, <laughs> she tells Do them, it. oh, you've decided you are going to uh, rob the store. What I can't. Now, here's the thing. I can't roll my R's, so I can't I can't actually do it. <laughs> you got to do it. But tells them what a perfect, <laughs> idea. perfect idea. Thank you. There Great you Eartha she, kit. She, yeah, she decides she's going to Eartha kit at yeah. them, which I would have loved if it wasn't so fucking stupid. It was so bad. They then unload both shotguns they have at her immediately and miss. And so then she's crawling up and down walls, jumping around, kicking the shit out of them, uh, and steals as much jewelry as she can once they're passed out. Here was my question at this part. So she fucking knows how to use her powers already? Like, when did she learn to fight? How does she know she can do all this stuff? They don't explain anything. They and did. then she goes, she goes home. <laughs> then she just leaves. They never tell you what it's like just, to be ca- a cat woman. This, they just, you know what my like, favorite part of this is? Yes, no. Is when she jumps on the dude and surfs him down the fucking... Yes! Uh, down the, down the, 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 the middle of the jewelry store and launches him into the wall by surfing on him. This was oh in a, God, a yes. moment pulled from the Joel Schumacher Batman movies. I feel like... That's what he was doing. It was an homage to that. It was the most cheesiest, horrible thing. And just like Green Lantern would do several years later, after this action set piece, she goes home and goes to bed. (laughs) (laughs) She wakes up the next morning to find all of the jewelry she stole is just spread out across her, her bed. And she slept on the floor 
I don't know, I think a pile of clothing. Oh, cat-like. And, and suddenly she's, oh my god, what did I do? Because they are literally making it that she is just Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> and it's like, now she has split personality. Yeah, yep. At night, she wakes up as Catwoman and doesn't remember going out and just beating the shit out of people and giving herself haircuts. <laughs> this, honestly... <laughs> as time goes on i start to wonder if maybe this movie actually is a just a cautionary tale about ambien it might be <laughs> people do fucked up shit on ambien because it's like the guy across the way has raging parties so she decides she's going to take some ambien so she can sleep <laughs> yes and she wakes up the next morning oh, and she has jewelry. new haircut yes there's all this jewelry on the bed and apparently she fucking beat the shit out of this guy in his own apartment so she gathers all the jewelry up and puts it in a large paper bag, but not before looking at a ring that she's like, yeah, you know, I kind of like this, but no, no, I'm not allowed to keep it, but I'm going to keep the necklace I went out to purposely steal. And so we cut back to the jewelry store and Detective Benjamin Bratt is on the case <laughs> and he's there with generic cops and, you know, crime scene detectives and law and ordering the shit out of this. And you hear just, like, one dude in the background just being like, yeah, that she was, like, jumping around like a cat and stuff. <laughs> and they're walking around, and they're like, you know, uh, what do you think, detective? Well, uh, what do you think, detective? And then they walk to the front door, and there's the paper bag with all the jewelry in it with sorry written on it in calligraphy. Mm, it looks familiar. Because God knows the first thing you need to do is... Wait like 10 minutes to get a really nice looking sorry <laughs> written on the bag of jewelry you stole that you're returning and cupcakes and she left oh, cupcakes. And, yeah, and, and cupcakes to be like, uh, we good now? What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So <laughs> Gee, I like how he has, to go, <laughs> he has to stop and recollect himself. After well, I really do. Yes. This really is a movie where you have to like pause for a minute. Just like, like, okay, what just went back I into it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Thank you for putting me in a piece of shit. God awful movie. She doesn't know what's going on with her. So she decides to do what any person would do right? when they have questions. What do you do? It she goes to Google to the Google machine. Though I think it might have been Yahoo because it was 2004. It was early Google. But what would you search? What would be the search term? Uh, you know that right, you would so, put in to so figure this out. You seem to have something going on where you're a woman. Yeah, and you have these really weird cat-related things happening. That's all I got. That's the only two so things I, I got. I think I'm gonna search cat period women. <laughs> she types in cats dot woman gets all this stuff and i'm like what and the now fuck we get to have a wonderful montage of all of the pictures we saw during the four minutes of opening credits to this movie yeah they show it again i'm like we've already seen this fucking shitty photoshop cat in history and after she has done this and just i guess looked at a slideshow of pictures and a few a few uh, article titles namely one about witches being burned in salem <laughs> Cats in ancient Egypt. She decides, I'm going to go talk to Ophelia Powers again. So she goes back to see her. And now we get the exposition that I barely listened to <laughs> about, 
well, cats have supernatural powers or something, and you think you're the only cat woman to ever have existed, and this has been going on for centuries, and blah, 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 blah. And then after all of this exposition is done, Halle Berry's character is still just like, no, no, uh, that's not what's happening. And it was all midnight. The midnight has been doing yeah, this the, the whole the time. Midnight, the cat yeah. is fucking evil. And so as they're they're wandering around in her weird Tim Burton library of an upstairs. <laughs> yeah. She's basically like, you need to embrace your inner you or else you'll never fully be complete. And then she shoves her over the banister. <laughs> <laughs> and she falls, spins around, and lands on all fours like a cat. <laughs> and then suddenly, Ophelia just shows up right fucking next to her because everybody in this movie teleports. <laughs> what the and fuck? And hands her a mask of a cat. And then gives her the whole, like, embrace the cat, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and that's the end of our, our uh, exposition because next scene, she is in a full-on S&M dominatrix outfit oh, yeah. with the cat mask and a whip. <laughs> and it is in no way explained where this costume came from. Why does it look like a dominatrix? <laughs> Why she decided this was the, the look she needed. Why does it need to be that revealing? She looks fantastic in it. Uh, she, she has a great body, but yeah, what the hell is going what, on? <laughs> what is the point of this? Why is the mask so tall that she looks like her head is four times bigger than it is? <laughs> She's got a huge forehead look with this mask. And then you get to CGI Catwoman jumping around. And so she she gets to, to walk all sexy down the road and jump around and use the whip and decides she's going to go track down Michael Massey at a nightclub because every one of these movies needs to have a fight at a nightclub. This is a great scene also. <laughs> and so he walks in and he walks over to the bar and he hands the bartender $20 and says something. And the bartender says something like, you got it. <laughs> and he walks away and the camera then Pans, swivels, and dollies at the same time <laughs> to then reveal that she has just walked in and walks up to the bartender and orders a glass of cream. How does she order it, though? It's fantastic. Oh, I don't fuck. It's like cream with Kahlua <laughs> and something. Else. Like, essentially, she orders like a white Russian. No, she goes, let me get a white Russian. And she goes, hold the vodka. Hold the Kahlua, no ice, and I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? Okay, oh, I all right, get it. Yeah, so literally, she's drinking half and half. Yes, um, <laughs> it's so fucking literal. This fucking movie, and oh. so so he oh, walks over God. and he hands her the glass. He goes, one glass of cream. cream. Yeah, <laughs> and she chugs it. <laughs> And then puts it on the bar, licks her lips at him, and he... She has a milk mustache. Yeah, yeah she has yes, a milk mustache. She, she licks it off of her lips at him seductively, and the bartender's just looking at her like, you fucking commit to a theme. Yes, <laughs> 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 she did. And it turns out the reason no one is freaked out by her wandering around in a weird S&M cat costume is, I guess it was costume night at this club. <laughs> <laughs> Never established before now, but sure. And she wanders out onto the dance floor. <laughs> and now we get a dance sequence. Oh, my God. <laughs> and if you thought the fast cutting was bad, 
in when she's dancing and spinning, and then it cuts to strobe light. So now you have super fast editing with strobe light. I don't. You can't tell what the fuck is going on in any it, of these shots. It is Blender editing, then Blender editing with strobe light, and then Blender editing in just draped in red overhead lighting. It gives me a headache. The amount of cuts I'm rewatching this it's scene so, is unbelievable. Right? A, I still can't get over how many cuts there are so in every, every scene. It's so unnecessary. Every little fucking thing. What? She turns her head, it cuts. She turns her head back, it cuts. They're just talking to each other. So after the 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 one-sided dance sequence, she then wanders over to Michael Massey, swings up to him with her whip, like Indiana Jones, yeah. but awful. <laughs> And then is basically like, I'm going to kick your ass now. And we smash cut to her kicking him out of a door into an alleyway. I, I got I to point yeah. out, too, she swings over to him. That club couldn't have had more than two levels. No. So so what is she like? Which what means, is she getting high enough on to swing? I was going to say she she literally <laughs> like uses the whip and wraps it around something that has to be like, I'm going to say seven feet off the floor. Yeah, right. to, get, to pull her <laughs> to, all the way over there. To, and then to, to just then like, swing. Yeah. like hops off the ground and full on swings like she is so much momentum. And I, I hate, and then another just confusing, I hate cuts like these. She's like, she confronts him. He's in a booth in a bar. And she kicks him she and kicks immediately him and he, it cuts to him door. flying out of the door. Out of the door. Like, okay, and we're not going to show you how he got there. I literally wrote down, where the fuck is that door? <laughs> where did this, yes, how did he get here all of a sudden? And so now they're in the alleyway and we get a fight scene that the blender editing of this scene is to a point where I'm like, I think it's because they realized they may not be allowed to actually have a fight scene between a man and a woman in this movie. Oh, where she actually takes mm, some, where she, gets uh, where, like, she actually gets hit. Mm, right. So it's like every time anybody gets hit, boom, we're on a different shot. Boom, different shot, different shot, different shot. And it's all like, it's not even like coherent no. in how it does it no. it's like she's on the left side of the screen he's on the right she goes to punch cut to the top of his head or something and you're like where the where are we what is happening that here fucking cokehead edited this fucking movie oh my god man um Pitoff. was it no, no somebody named <laughs> no, sylvie landry with yeah i mean taking directions Ooh. from Pitoff. more cuts there's not enough cuts in here. I need it to be confusing. <laughs> yes, my French accent is German. It's not a German. I have um, mine's not a German. That too. is amazing. Yeah, both sound a German, which is great. <laughs> oh, ladies. I like ladies. More ladies. But, um, so she finally beats the crap out of him and essentially asks, like, where do I find... Uh, I think it was... She was looking for George H- uh, Hidar. Right or or like what what was that what was it that they were hiding, and then she just goes back to the same fucking lab she was at before anyway. Like I don't know why she tracks this dude down and why she kicks the shit out of him. I she think it literally just went was. There. I think it was literally only because he tried to kill her when she was there. He's the one that flushed during the pipe. Oh, yeah, he is the one yeah. that yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. tried to kill her. So she just like she uh, drop kicks, knocks him out, and takes off, and she goes back to the lab. And while she's at the lab, she finds the dead body of the, the lab guy. And if you don't remember who he is, don't worry. The <laughs> film's going to remind you yes. by playing his line of, I'm not turning people into monsters over top of the shot of his dead body. Oh, it was that guy. I remember him. And he has been shot. And she looks up and there's a lowly janitor <laughs> there just cleaning up the blood, Miss Catwoman, and just stares at her. And she runs away. And so 
we then cut back to Benjamin Bratt, who's burning the midnight oil, trying to figure out who the hell is this cat burglar. And he is looking at the, the, the sorry written on the bag that is very large. Like, to the size of, this looks like it's obviously just screen printed on this bag. Yeah, it doesn't look like you had a, like a giant marker to, <laughs> to sign that. It's like they took it and blew it up. Yeah, she, she did up. calligraphy with a chisel tip. Yeah, really. And so he's looking at that, and he's like, I don't know, you know, a, a burglar that gives stuff back. It's really weird. And then he looks at the coffee cup that he got from her with the same sorry written on it. Because apparently he keeps his empty coffee cup. I was from say, it's a good thing he didn't throw three that out. days ago. Maybe? Yeah, it's a good thing the fucking janitor services just left that sitting there. And, and he took it back him. to work with him. Yeah, <laughs> why do you still have this cup? So he's looking at the cup that looks at the bag, and it's like cup bag, cup bag, cup bag. Oh my god! Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and so he then has a forensic uh, handwriting expert. Using computer technology to analyze the handwriting on the bag and the cup. <laughs> and this is where we get into the deepest science of all. <laughs> handwriting analysis as personality analysis. And the guy's sitting there, he goes, I never I saw mean, that episode on Forensic Files. Yeah, no. It's a thing, though. It, you so can't tell he's looking lot. at it, he's looking, and he's like, well, you know, it's a pretty close match. They're almost the same, but here... Look at the one we have on the coffee cup. The way she writes her O and the loop on the Y. This is the this is the work of a people pleaser, someone who's meek and really uh, like you know closed off. But then you look over here at this one and that. This is someone who brims with confidence and sexuality. <laughs> and like so, Benjamin Bratt's like, so you're telling me it's not the same person? He goes, I'm telling you, if these two people were in the same room, it'd be a hell of a party. Oh, boy. Oh what does that God. mean? Yeah, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I mean that they're obviously hinting at like a menage a trois, but why would, what? But <laughs> what? you're what telling means. me it'd be a hell of a party, so you're going to have the one person, meek person who's apparently overtly a, sexual, yeah. and another one who apparently does not like the idea of being near people at all, and you're telling me that that's going to be the greatest sexual experience How of your life? Party? Like, point. no! It's literally going to be, you get these two people in the room, and I guarantee they won't talk to each other. <laughs> that, 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 that's literally sense. the description of oil and water. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah! <It's, laughs> oh, it's so, so bad. That, that's, that's like, okay, so now maybe, maybe he thinks it might have been patience, but you know what? Uh, I'm not sure. And I don't think that might be it. Uh, and now we go back to Sherrod Stone again. And guess what? She's real bitter about being old. Oh, you don't say. Still, <laughs> she hasn't gotten over that yet. But um, how is she the villain? Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, never mind. Because uh, so, at this point, you're still. You mean she's unlikable? But yeah, it's like you just you're just checking in with just this bitter old housewife. Yeah. yeah. Who has a lot of money and doesn't like her husband. Right. It's like it is a superhero movie that every so often you're switching over to Lifetime and you're just <laughs> like, oh, that poor woman. She's been she's been objectified her whole life and she doesn't know anything else. All right. <laughs> right. Well, back to this other woman beating There's the shit this, out of this people. woman that's relied on her looks all life. Oh, that's sad. Okay, let's go back to this woman walk crawling <laughs> like, around. Where is this going? Are they actually so, going to get to the thing here? So Catwoman breaks into Sharon Stone's house. And she tries to attack her with a golf club. 
and then there's a brief scuffle and she tells her that she's like, I'm not here to, to, to steal anything or to hurt you. I just want to find information that I can use to ruin your husband. And Sharon Stone goes, oh, well, why don't you fucking say so? And they go down to like the office and she just pulls out like a whole bunch of files like, hey, here, have those. Those are the files that prove that my husband is trying to sell faulty makeup to people and it might hurt them. I hope you bring him down. And Catwoman goes, well, cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> Bye. Clearly, this is not a setup. Why would it be? And so she leaves. You and... you, you missed a really uh, awful, good, awful scene, though. Oh, what Awful, a... good, awful the scene. The Ferris wheel scene. Oh, that was before that. Okay. It's, See, it's I thought a, it was after. It's amazing. <laughs> I, was, I was actually just about to get you to that whole thing. You can flip it. It doesn't matter. Because it, no, yeah, it has it's, nothing it's, to do with the anything. The order of how things happen in this movie is matter. completely consequential. Yes. So uh, she's out on another date with with uh, Detective Benjamin Bratley <laughs> and they go and they have a sushi dinner. Oh, wait, no, that was at that's later. That's after this. That's a different date. They go in there. <laughs> a, a lot of dates. It's a different date. Movie. They have they, they go like on like five dates, dates yes. in this movie. Uh, and so they're they're at this carnival that happens to just be up and running in an abandoned lot in the middle of this city. And they're they're talking and they're talking about like you know the the Catwoman case and they're they're uh, doing the milk uh, bottle toss and everything and uh, it's showing like oh wow she's actually really good at this and he's kind of like put off by the fact that she's like sort of strong and whatever despite the fact that she dunked on his ass like two days ago <laughs> and so they decide they're gonna go ride the Ferris wheel and as they're riding the Ferris wheel it stops at the top and suddenly oh no. This bullshit faulty Ferris wheel is breaking down and not just like, oh, looks like it stopped. We got to try and figure out how to start it again. No, apparently like the gears are falling off and the entire engine of this thing is about to explode or something because it literally has like four scenes of just these CGI cogs next to each other that are like slowly moving, slowly moving break away from each other and spin really fast and then they catch again. I couldn't tell what was going on. I, guess I don't know what like I don't know what that's supposed to signify, but every time it then cut back to the Ferris wheel, nothing is happening to it. Yeah. It's just like they're slightly rocking back and forth and everyone's oh, oh no! Oh god! <laughs> so uh, Detective Ben Boy decides to get out of the car and climb all the way down the Ferris wheel while telling Halle Berry, stay here. So if this thing collapses, you'll die. You're gonna die. And in the I'll thing. be safe. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes down, and he's apparently trying to help them figure out how to fix it, or like put on the emergency brake or yeah, something. I don't know what he's he, doing. He was a mechanic in his other. Oh, sure, he was. Yeah. I missed that a, a carny mechanic. Yeah, he was a carny mechanic. Yeah, no, yeah. He, I know he how was, these things he work. He was a traveling carny cop for <laughs> yeah. years. He's like, I manned these things for years. Step back, everyone. I built this goddamn machine. <laughs> the guy's like stripping the gears. <laughs> and so he's he's over there. They're just like fiddling with a handle. <laughs> yes. And like pulling it back and forth, being like, oh, it's not working. It's stuck. What's going on? We got to fix this. And so there's this kid on the Ferris wheel by himself who starts panicking and just shaking the shit out of the safety bar in front of him while yelling <laughs> for his mom on the ground. And Halle Berry's cat sense picks up, and she is able to tell that this kid's bar is going to fall out because 
the fucking screw in it is loose or whatever. This one screw conveniently comes loose right well, she, in front of she her. She can hyper focus on things also, that are important. Also, the kid is right in front of her in the in the yeah. in the next car over, and the one so, screw just happens then, to be loose. Because I guarantee you, the studio would not allow them to have Halle Berry climbing all over a uh, Ferris wheel. We get this weird POV oh, shot. That's why. Where it just flies out of the car that she's on down along the side of the, the uh, Ferris wheel and into this kid's car. And she suddenly just appears over the back of it and <laughs> grabs him as right when the bar breaks and he's about to fall out. And so. Nice they, burp. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well done. And so they fix it, I guess. They, yeah, they he he like jostles it enough to like fix it, and then yeah, it's like it's like they they, they essentially were just like kicking it, and it was like oh, it's good. <laughs> and she's grasping the kid and hugging the thing. Yeah, and so I was she's, like, wait, what happened? Nothing and happened. So that well, he he, he looks up like a he sticks a wrench in the in the gears oh, and the gear stop stops it, spinning. Right, yeah. and so like he looks up and she's not in the car anymore, and he's like, well, where the what the how did where did she? And then looks over and she's like climbing down with the kid. Is like, yeah, we're good. This is the least impressive Ferris wheel save I've ever seen. How many have you seen? Oh, several. These fucking carnies, they can't set up shit. <laughs> These things end up fucking popping off. They go rolling down the street. It's a great time. Yeah, you should write a book about it. Never ride the zipper. Trust me. <laughs> I'll kill you. Stick to the Gravitron. That's right. So now that she has stolen the stuff from, uh, or stolen the stuff from Sharon, she decides she's going to go confront George, who is at some like Cirque du Soleil opera with the new model uh, sitting in the Lincoln booth. And uh, they're sitting there watching it. And essentially, she says something or other. And he just turns around or she says, I think blah, 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 blah. And he just looks at her. And he goes, don't. <laughs> she says, what? He goes, think. I don't pay you to think. <laughs> what a dick. And so she's all like, oh, how dare you? And gets up and leaves. And then Catwoman comes in and scratches him in the face. Because <laughs> somehow she also was able to get like the diamond tipped claws that are on her gloves from somewhere. Where do those come at from? some point? I don't know. And uh, she starts threatening him a whole bunch. But uh, while she was sneaking into the opera, she's climbing, she's crawling up the side of a wall, and one dude working there sees her and essentially gives like a, what the fuck? <laughs> and immediately is like, you guys got to get the cops here. You won't guess what's happening. And so I'm going to go ahead and say 30 seconds later, uh, Detective Benjamin Bratt and all of the cops of this town show up. Well, they've been uh, looking for the Catwoman. Because they're all looking for the Catwoman. Because yeah. it was reported that she had murdered a scientist at a meth lab for beauty products. Killer lotion is, um, is the villain of this movie. So she gets in and she scratches him in a bear, basically just threatening him like, I know all about Buline and how it's killing people and hurting them and turning them into monsters. And he's all like, the fuck are you talking about? She's like, you can't play dumb. I've got all the information on you. And he's like, I don't know who you are or what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, the cops are, like, pouring into the theater, like, down through the aisles. The, the fucking show is still going on. Yeah. People are still sitting in their seats. But you've got lines of police officers with shotguns with fucking, like, uh, flashlights on them just pouring into this theater. 
they're not like no one's saying a thing. And then they start bashing on the door to the box that he's in and they finally break it. And she does her best John Wilkes booth and fucking leaps out of the booth and onto the stage. That's great. I literally while watch, booth. I was going to say I literally while watching it yelled six semper tyrannis and she jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Lands on the stage, crawls up the back wall of it, up into the cat, up into the catwalks, up into the rafters. Catwalks, nice. And like everybody in the crowd is watching this and doesn't think anything here is out of the ordinary. That's my favorite now, part. Granted, they applaud. They see yeah, clubs up and they, they're like, oh, they applaud. That was very now, good. Granted, it's Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. That shit is a trip already. Right, so there's a cat lady running through. Sure, makes sense. Yeah, yeah but it's, well, it's, it's part it's of the, the narrative of whatever this people are flowers thing is. <laughs> yeah. Cirque du Soleil feline. <laughs> and so she gets up into the rafters and she's about to fucking run off and Benjamin Bratt confronts her. And now we've got a fight where she's fighting her boyfriend <laughs> where while all of these weird lighting rigs are swinging back and forth over top of the actual rafters. And I don't know who the lighting designer for this Cirque du Soleil show was. Yeah, why would you program these lights to fucking... How are you lighting anything with these fucking swinging lights? That's fucking stupid. And what are they even... Like, are they spotlights? Because you don't need a whole arm to swing back and forth. You could just move it on a pivot. It's very weird. From, like, a corner. And it'll do the same thing. But we decided we need to have those so that they can jump back and forth like they're fucking guillotines. (laughs) Or pendulums. That's the one I needed. But anyway... They have their whole fight scene. She's flirting with him. My favorite moment is she says something along the lines of like, you know, oh, I could really, you know, uh, see myself with a man like you or something. And he just responds with, I'm taken. (laughs) It's like, yeah, dude, criminal, you're a cop. Stop pretending like you're you're trying not to get hit on. Just like, you know, she could be like, oh, I totally want to fuck you. And he'd be like, great. You're under arrest still. <laughs> they do this whole like kung fu dance where it's he like worst. handcuffs her and she yeah. whips his arms around and now they're cuffed together. But she gets her hand out and kicks him and kisses him on the cheek and gets with away. The lights just swinging well, yeah, around. Yeah, the lights, lights swinging around swinging and all, like, and all the other cops are pouring in, but they can't get to them because of these weird lights. <laughs> and she gets away. We cut back to uh, George and Laurel and he is seething and he's like you know this was all bullshit what's going on some cat woman shows up she cuts up my face she says i'm trying to kill people with beauty cream what is even happening right now (laughs) and sharon stone basically is just like calm down you little bitch (laughs) and i guess it's this point she kind of like lays out the fact that she's actually the antagonist of the movie because she knows about the beauty cream and like isn't doing anything about it and she starts like like giving him the shit and he goes to slap her. This is so weird. And he hits her, and it sounds like he just tried to slap a building. It goes bong. And, and yeah, it's it like, it's like there. it has a fucking gong effect. Yes. And then he grabs his hand as if like it broke every bone in his hand. <laughs> and she just like looks at him and is like, ha ha ha, fuck you. <laughs> She's like, I'm like, I'm Luke Cage, bitch. The next day. <laughs> Benjamin Bratt is now having a sushi date with uh, Halle Berry and as they're sitting there she's pulling all the fish off the top of the, the sashimi and just like holding it over her head and nibbling it down into her mouth oh my god she eats like six of them and shoves it in her mouth and I was fucking I was like I'm gonna vomit what is she and doing as I'm Stop. watching this I'm like oh I get it right because she's like a cat yeah yep 
And he's like, oh, I guess you really like sushi. I'm like, dude, this is not okay. Yeah, there's nothing normal You're in, about that. You are in public, <laughs> and she is acting like a fucking moron. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you just saw this girl last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, you just, and like, the two of you, like, just, you the day before this, you went and you both almost died on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> so you decided, like, how about we just get sushi? <laughs> Like nothing happened. The sixth date well, in the movie. I'm, I'm pointing out that he just can't recognize her because she's wearing a cat mask. Yeah, oh like, yeah, he just that, saw. Yeah, he was just there, and she kissed him. Yeah. Uh, or the fact that like she barely disguises her voice as Catwoman. Like she just goes a little more sultry, and that's it. <laughs> but it's like still the same person. It can't be patience. That's crazy. So they they finish their sushi date and they're walking outside, and they're they're like getting real close and they're like about to kiss or whatever. And suddenly she has a panic attack because it's going to rain and I hate the rain because I'm a cat. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. so bad. So and bad. so they run down the sidewalk and they hide in like this little nook for a flower shop that seems to be closed, but all their flowers are still out. <laughs> Nobody's there. And then they make out. But uh, they, they make out. They go back to her place. They have sex. Yeah. <laughs> The the sex in this the, like their their love scene or whatever literally is he takes his shirt off, they kiss and then it cuts to afterwards. And then she's laying in bed afterwards. <laughs> yes. Oh, and look, he's got claw marks on his shoulder. He's yeah, mm. he's got scratch marks on his back because she's a cat. <laughs> and he's like wandering her apartment. He walks over to her fridge, which I have to tell you now is the most confusing appliance I've ever seen in my life. What, this fridge or fridges the, in general? The fridge she has. Yeah. It is a refrigerator with a glass door. Well, it's like a cooler. Yeah, it's like a cooler from like, like a Target a, or like something. Like a bodega. Yeah. She, it's a, it, he walks over. It's got a glass door. The light inside is always on. And he just like opens it and like pulls out, I think, like orange juice or some yeah, crap. She has a convenience store cooler for her fridge. And with like tiny bottles of juice. Yeah. <laughs> and and just shuts it. I guarantee you they probably just pulled this from Crafty and put it on the goddamn yeah, oh, they, set. They, they, that was in craft services. They're like, fuck it, bring it in here. We need a fridge. We never put a fridge in her apartment. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so he goes, he takes that, and he's like walking back, and then like he looks down and he sees that there's this little diamond-tipped claw just laying out on the floor in the middle of the living room area. And he's looking at it. And he's looking at it, and then he's looking at her, <laughs> and then he's looking that's, at it. And this, it's already that's twenty four cuts in this one sequence. Yeah, it's like twenty four cuts, yeah. and then he probably also had voiceover to remind us of previous scenes. Or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. And he's um, still looking at it. Still looking, he's looking at, at it. it. Cuts back to him. Cuts and then back he's, to the thing. He like gets this moment where he's like, "Could it be, hmm. dude? There's like three times already that you thought this woman might be Catwoman." Yeah. And now you find this, and you're spending like an hour. He's still not convinced. Like I don't know. <laughs> he still can't make it stick. And so he ghosts her, and he leaves a note that just says something came up, and leaves. So she wakes up, uh, sees that he's gone, and gets a call on her Nokia phone. Oh, the Nokia! I remember you. And it's a video call. On her Nokia phone. Wait, did they have those in 2004? No. No, they didn't. Oh, no. It's like a holographic video call yes. phone. Yes. 
of Sharon Stone's disembodied head. <laughs> well, this is City X. Yeah, in the US, so we who knows what's happening? We are technology. in America City. Yeah, yeah. And Sharon Stone's just like, I have more information about my husband. You have to come to my home. How? <laughs> How did you get this number? No, that's How the do you phone know it's for she, she gave. Remember, she gave Catwoman a phone. I don't remember that at all. That was that was the it part. It explains it now. Yes. Oh, but as I was it, huh? watching it, I was like, how do you have this number? When she had Where, the files. What is this phone? She's like, how what do is I, going on now? She's like, how do I get in touch with you? And, and then Sharon Stone gives her. She's like, here, take this phone. Here, take this future phone. Yeah. We're also mm. a future phone company. I got two of these Nokia hologram phones. I'll let you have. You can take this. one. I am rich. <laughs> uh, so she goes back to the, the mansion and she's sneaking about and she comes across. Sharon Stone, who then lays out this whole plan of like, oh, don't worry. Everything's taken care of. And they go into another room and there's her husband who's dead. And he's all scratched up like he got attacked by a cat. (laughs) And she's like, oh, you see, you broke into my home and you attacked my husband. And oh, hey, think fast. And she throws something at her and she catches it because she's got cat like reflexes. And it's a gun. She's like, and now you're holding the smoking gun that you used to shoot my husband to death. And she sets off an alarm and suddenly like eight fucking security guards show up and she just starts screaming. She killed my husband. That woman killed my husband. <laughs> and suddenly every cop in this city is outside immediately. They're literally just were like standing outside. That it's door. like they were parked outside. Just like just the moment those lights go on, hit your lights and sirens. It's like, oh, wait, you're the bad guy. You're never going to get away with this. But by the way, bye. And she like <laughs> drops the gun and runs away. And she winds up escaping from the house. And is now out in the middle of the city, randomly in the Kill Bill like fucking sweatsuit. That yeah, that was another crazy cut. You see her; she grabs something, and then they cut, and she's like in the street wearing this jumpsuit. I was like, yeah, "How the fuck did you wearing, get there?" You wearing were inside. the sweatsuit she's walking around in. Yeah, All her of costume a is fuck God knows where. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I'm gonna go home." Uh, did I miss anything in that instance? Uh, sex ghosts are. No, you're right. She's <laughs> walking down the street and, and and she sees the the that Catwoman for murder wanted for murder uh, on the oh, screen. More, I put more BS forensics. Oh right, uh, before she meets up with Sharon Stone, uh, he stole a drinking glass from Patience's apartment, and he goes back to the the police crime lab, and he's taking the lip print from that and comparing it to the lip print of the lipstick that got was that was on his face after she kissed him at the opera thing. And that's how he gets his match. That's a match. Finally, I think after seven things, I'm finally convinced that it's her. Uh, so she goes back to her apartment and he is standing there in her apartment. He has let himself into this apartment somehow. <laughs> It is just standing there with a fucking gun. Drawn. I think you need a warrant for that. You also need a key. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, and he's standing there with a gun drawn and is basically like, I know you're Catwoman and I'm taking you in. And uh, my favorite is like, there's a line. He's like, like, he's like got the gun and like, she looks at it and he like waves it a bit. And he's like, I guess you could just take this right out of my hand if you wanted to, huh? And she goes, if I wanted to. And then there's just silence. That's <laughs> so awkward. And then there's like a little bit more of him being like, can't believe I got played, got, got played by Catwoman, blah, blah, blah. Who you, who even really are you? 
and then he arrests her and now we're at the the the, the police department in the interrogation room and essentially he's just saying like we got you cold on two murders and a whole bunch of robberies you're going away forever Catwoman. and she's just crying it's like you gotta believe me i wouldn't have done any of this come on you know me why would i lie to you uh, probably because if you lie to him and he believes it you get away with murder <laughs> so he doesn't buy it they put her in cuffs they go and they put her in a holding cell this fat white guard is like a dick about it so she hisses at him. There's, she hisses a few times, which I guess is a superpower uh, a of cat the cat woman. Because she's a cat lady. She is a cat woman. Uh, and so he, he flinches. So that's two for flinching. <laughs> uh, and he wanders away. And she sits there in her uh, cell looking out at the moon. And Midnight shows up. Of course he does. And just sneaks his way in through the bars because he's a cat. And now she's having flashbacks to when she talked to patients or to not to patients to uh, Ophelia Ophelia flowers and Ophelia was all like, you have to embrace who you really are. It's like she's been doing that for like 30 minutes now. I don't <laughs> yes. know what you're inspiring here. And so she discovers a new cat power and just squeezes between the bars of the cell door and leaves. That was amazing. Uh, I think I wrote that down as T-1000's her ass out of there. She totally just fucking smushes her head in there. Uh, I also have written, there's no way that Brat would have been allowed to work this case. This is very obviously uh, a conflict of interest. Conflict of interest. Yes. <laughs> Why would any police officer What's allow it, him to be his there? lieutenant be like, hey, were you just dating this girl? Like, uh, dude, you were, maybe... you were banging this chick like just yesterday, yeah. and now you're telling me that she's Catwoman. I don't think you should yeah, be but, I need to get the collar. No, you need to sit the fuck down. <laughs> so now there's a press conference being held at like fucking two in the morning <laughs> because they're doing the release of this uh, Buline cream and Sharon Stones is just being all like, oh, the death of my late husband was so tragic, but I won't let it get in the way of us bringing about the future with Buline. And she's just like handing it out to everybody. And I'm like, why is there a press conference for this shit? It's just fucking beauty cream. <laughs> it's what <laughs> is this world? It's just lotion. It's just face cream. And so it's like crack to these people. Now that now that we're into the fucking third act, she got her fucking cat costume back from wherever the hell she stashed it, and she's gonna go after Sharon Stone. <laughs> the thing that I love about this is she she goes to go after Sharon Stone. But while she's breaking in, Benjamin Bratt has gone there first. And it's because I guess he did believe patience, but because he's a man, he won't let it be known. And he just shows up and he sits down. And he's like, what have I told you that I know everything? And I know that you're behind Buline and it's killing people and you killed your husband and you're actually evil. And she essentially just goes like, well, then I guess I'd probably just have to kill you and fucking shoots him. <laughs> and he takes a bullet in the most casual way possible. Ah, she barely hit him. She grazed him, fucking, I guess. She shoots him in, like, the shoulder. He was fine. And he falls to the ground, but then immediately delivers the line of, come on, you don't want to do this. You don't want to kill a cop. It's like, you're fucking been shot, man. He's just bleeding all over the floor right now. <laughs> you, How are you so calm? You could act. And, and, and you, you just got shot. What are you talking about? You don't want to do this. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, you don't want to kill a cop. She obviously had no problem with injuring you. <laughs> oh, no, I think she I, does want to kill a cop. She's not going to care. 
there is something very amazing about Sharon Stone in this movie, and, and particularly in this part of the movie, is she somehow mastered the ability to overact yes. and phone it in at the, at same the time. exact same and, time. And be like com- perfectly one-dimensional and overact. Like, it's this whole thing where, like, as he's being like, what if I told you that I know everything and I uh, I know that you're behind it? She's, like, walking over and, like, putting her wrist in front of me, like, well, I guess you'd have to arrest me then. <laughs> and then, like, immediately sits down and just delivers the line of, like, I'm bored of you. I don't want to be here. And it's like, what are you, what are you, what is happening here? Like, everybody is on this weird mix of quaaludes and coke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the over-editing and the underperforming. Or I guess yeah, it would be something other than quaaludes, because that's not a downer. Valium? Sure, let's go with that. Let's go with the volume. Um, but so then, like, uh, Catwoman shows up, and she she gets to Benjamin Bratt, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't believe you. By the way, I don't seem in any way perplexed by the fact that you're not in jail anymore. <laughs> uh, and they get chased around the building by the same guards again. <laughs> Michael Massey. Michael Massey and the Asian dude the Asian show dude. up again. Yeah. The only two guards she has. I think it's literally just recycled shots from the last time they were chasing her around this building. Probably. Because they're suddenly at the like the meth lab again. Or like like their interior shots, they're in the meth lab. No, but, but they're then, in the office building. And they I wind thought, up in the yeah, office building yeah, at the somehow. end. Somehow. Yeah. Um and so they run around. She winds up knocking out the Asian guy. Uh Benjamin Bratt gets into a fist fight with Massey and wins, I guess, with one arm. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then we get to the final like showdown between the, the Catwoman final and battle. This rich white model. Yes, I was like, this is this is the ending. This fucking killer cream that's given her fucking seventeen mentions. Like, I can't feel anything. I can't feel any pain, and you can't hurt me. And so they they she's hopping around and she's doing her whole crawling on the walls like a cat thing again, and she's using the whip. Is and this she, when they're fighting with the pictures of Yep. Yes, Sharon when she's Stone just knocking around. her into yep. all the random giant blown up shots of, <laughs> of Sharon, Sharon Stone's Stone. face? Yeah. yeah. And so Sharon, literally made out of stone, reveals <laughs> that the beauty cream, if you stop using it, will make you a monster and kill you. But if you don't stop using it, you get skin like living marble. Living marble. Which that's doesn't, it. Oh, my God. That doesn't make sense. I oh, forgot that yes. this was a, the thing, and that's this was, how she, yeah. she could fight with Catwoman. And so they they fight some more. Like They're jumping around. She sh- like tries to shove Catwoman out of a window, which, by the way, if you can take a pipe and hit a window in your your office building's like top floor yeah and it shatters yeah somebody cut corners there on the that's, windows that's like someone's gonna get sued somebody cut the corners <laughs> but uh catwoman summons all of her cat core strength and just like <laughs> sideways kip ups out of that window and starts punching the crap out of sherrod stone and now her face starts breaking and she beats her up a whole bunch and knocks her out of the window it goes to save her because I guess for some reason heroes save. Yeah, heroes save people. Except she's a hero, maybe. <laughs> uh, Sharon Stone sees her reflection and sees her face is ruined. Is like, oh well, I've only ever been good because of my looks. So bye, and <laughs> fucking falls to her death. <laughs> and the the dummy that they put in this pants suit. <laughs> And throw off a building. Is that why she goes tumbling end over yes! end? I was it's like, it's a goddamn mannequin. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Holy shit! Because I was like, oh my god, look at her tumble over and over. That why wouldn't <laughs> that she thing, just fall straight down? What's that going thing on? Falls for 
eight minutes. And there's like, 17 edits of that. Of yeah, fucking there's falling. different angled cuts of her doing <laughs> cartwheels through the air. Wait, my favorite line before when Halle Berry's oh, at... Oh, my God. It is a fucking mannequin. A, when Halle Berry's at the window and uh, Sharon Stone's about to deliver the killer blow, the, this dialogue is amazing. Sharon Stone goes, game over. And then Halle Berry's struggling and suffering, and then she suddenly opens her eyes. She's like, guess what? It's overtime. And then she leaps over and gets her. Oh, man. It's fantastic. It's overtime. Like the basketball. You guys remember the basketball scene? It's overtime. So, well, the, one of the one thing, real quick, yeah. before, is this movie's building towards this climax that no one's asking for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like, I didn't know that I even wanted to see Catwoman fight Sharon Stone until like three quarters of the way through the movie and i was like i'm not even all that interested in that because sharon stone is just a woman it's making sharon stone <laughs> exactly. out to try and be the kingpin yes but really badly there's no menace about her no, there's no right. literally the only thing she did in this whole movie was she found out hey this beauty cream might hurt people and she was like i don't care which is like she's a you know a cutthroat white woman who's really really rich so, yeah, maybe she's going to put other people's safety in danger just so she can make more money. And, and she's not the one that, like, ordered the hit on, on I was going to say Selena Kyle. Jeez, whatever the fuck her name patience. is. Constance. Yeah, no, on, on patience. Patience, conscience, patience. Who gives a fuck? Um, yeah. So it's like, what? What are? why is this the climactic scene? Why are we building towards this? And what I one of my favorite things was in... When they first start the fight between Sharon Stone and, and uh, Halle Berry, she comes in and they're 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 monologuing at each other. And Sharon Stone says something along the lines of like, you know, oh, why bother wearing a mask? Why hide your identity if you're trying to like be the hero or something or other? And Halle Berry like kicks her, jumps around, lands on top of her, and goes, "I have nothing to hide. I'm Patience Phillips, and you tried to have me killed." And now the fight scene starts. Now, here's the thing. Maybe best bet not to tell her who you are before you are certain you can win. <laughs> you don't know. That's that's supposed to be like a killing blow line. Like, you beat her up a bunch, you impale her on a, a pipe or something, and she's like, Ooh, who are you? Why are you doing this? And she, then you walk over, you take the mask off, you say, I'm Patience Phillips, and you killed me, and I'm repaying <laughs> the favor. And then you, like, break her neck or something. That would have been great. You don't lead with the big information reveal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm Patience Phillips. Now let's fight. Oh, wait, you're made of stone? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, she, so she stops Beeline and... And Sharon Stone's character, but honestly, like, wouldn't the public eventually have figured out that this fucking cream was killing people? Like, she really didn't have to do any of this. They would have been I exposed mean, sooner or later. They would have figured it out at some point, but she, her doing this made it so that no one had to get maimed or die for it. She saved a lot of people. But at the same time, the, the problem is, is that this doesn't, like, expose what was wrong with Beuline. She just trashes a bunch of delivery trucks and murders the CEO of a company. <laughs> and also, right, she stopped those trucks. There was like three trucks like like was it that was it? The shipment was yeah, three trucks. Yeah, like the, ship, the shipment this, was fucking three box trucks. But but you you just held like huge press conferences yes, for this, this thing. This whole thing was three trucks of fucking makeup. Even, I was going to say it's not even in stores yet. You're no. doing a launch where your launch is now we're going to ship it out. But anyway, so uh, the thing that I have to wonder cuz I, there's no explanation and I don't get why it happens. Why does Catwoman win? If the cream makes her into 
a stone skin person. Yeah, I don't understand that. Why does it suddenly just stop working? So, yeah, she. Yeah, why does her face start deforming she and then she hit, falls off a building yeah. and she dies? Uh, yeah, it, that, that doesn't make any like, sense. If she's stone, she'd be fine. My other favorite thing is she explains with the, the cream that it gives you like stone skin and she also says, and you can't feel a thing. So what that makes me wonder is, does that mean only your face is invulnerable? Or where you or applied this, it. Or is this the whole body? And if it's the whole body, that would mean you'd be 100% numb. You'd be incapable of walking. <laughs> like, this this would not be, a like, a benefit to you. She's like Nuke and Luke Cage, like, put together. Yeah. Like, but the problem is, is that literally you would just flop around because you don't know when your foot's on the ground. <laughs> you can't tell. Or how, yes. or like that your muscles are working, like or anything. It's a good point. <laughs> so she throws her out of a building. She wins. Uh, we then find out that uh, she has left a note to Benjamin Bratt, who's in a sling, basically saying like, "Hey, uh, I kind of can't be tied down right now. You know, I need to kind of do my own independent woman thing. So, bye." She dumps him. She ghosts him, and leaves him sitting by himself at a cafe Wah-wah. in France, where he suddenly sees Alfred. <laughs> um, oh shit, he's still alive. <laughs> and then <laughs> the uh, top is still spinning. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then we and then we find out that apparently um, Alex Borstein is now fucking the doctor. They, yeah, the doctor and her live together because I really need a goddamn wrap up of what was going on with her character. The whole storyline where she's in the hospital the whole time, just asking about her relationship. Yeah, I was wondering what happened. Yeah, there. that was that was the B story I was the, desperate yeah. for. Yeah, uh, and then we end the exact same way that Daredevil does with her walking. And talking in a voiceover that's basically like, who am I? I'm Catwoman. And then she like jumps off of a roof in CGI. Sexy silhouette into the moon. Sunset. Cut to credits. Oh, my God. Thank you for putting me in a piece of shit god awful movie. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and try to find out what the fuck happened to Catwoman right after this. like sci-fi ai and technology do you enjoy going on tangents and down random rabbit holes of a subject then join me and my friends each week on brokebot mountain as some artificially intelligent people attempt to walk through a maze that explores themes of existence and free thought in sci-fi tv movies and books the conversations are unique and bring an unusual perspective to the genre and can literally go anywhere and we do mean anywhere you can find us at BlazingCaribouStudios.com or look for Brokebot Mountain on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Called the Working Man's Nerdist, Tales from the Fandom is a weekly podcast where David talks with a guest about the fandoms that they love. Whether it's classics like Star Trek, Star Wars and Tolkien, or new ones like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Anime, books, TV shows, movies, role-playing, video games, cosplay and more are discussed. Each episode is different, based on the guest. No fandom is too big or too small. Subscribe to Tales from the Fandom and join in on the fun. Listener, thanks for hanging out through the recap of Catwoman. Excellent job, Del Howard. Now, if you want uh to get more content bonus content join our fan club 
jockandnerd.com slash Patreon is where you will find our official membership site. And everyone who signs up for as little as a dollar a month, you get bonus content and exclusive podcast feed and lots of fun stuff. I got to say a thank you to our newest patron. We got a new one this week. Super huge shout out to Taishi Yamaguchi. Talking nerd. Whoa. The Yamaguchi. We got a Yamaguchi. He uh, signed up for $5 a month. With, Hell yeah. Which means he gets stickers. Taishi, the stickers are on their way. Thank you to all our patrons. Uh, Anthony, what's new on uh, the bonus feed there? We got a new jock talk. We got a new jock talk. I asked you to uh, record some instant reaction to uh, whatever the fuck you I watched lately. I saw Split. I haven't split. done that yet, but I You'll will do that. Do that. It's a- now, because I've called you out now, on the show, now, you're going to have to uh, do it. Yeah, now. now I have to and do it. It's a fucking great movie. Awesome post shows, instant reactions, jock talks with me and uh, Chaz Hubbard. So lots of good stuff on there. Early, early releases of this show. Yes, the show comes out early. You got pre-show, bonus show, lots of great stuff. If you want to suggest a what the fuck for the future, you can obviously send us your suggestion. We will take it under consideration. If you want to force us to do a what the fuck, well, simply, all you got to do is what Bonner Demling and Glenn Smith did. You, you pay us money and we'll force Matt to do work for us. Yes, $10 <laughs> a month, Bonner Dumbling. Uh, because of her, we did the Howard the Duck, which is a great one. And Glenn Smith, we still owe you a ghostwriter. What the fuck, Del Howard, for our buddy Glenn Smith. Oh, yeah, that'll be taken care of. Uh, I believe that will, I, I don't, I will tentatively say that will probably be the next one that we do for the standard show. Excellent. Because we do also have plans to actually have a patreon exclusive what the fuck happened that's right we'll do there you go we'll do a bunch of those there so look just visit jockandnerd.com slash patreon sign up today as low as a dollar a month you get all that back to the cat woman thank you for putting me in a piece of shit god awful movie delhauer why was this movie even made and why did it have nothing to fucking do with the actual awesome character of Catwoman that we know and love from the comics? Yeah, what what the fuck? Where, where the fuck <laughs> did this come from? What is going on? Well, all right. So the idea of having a Catwoman movie had been floating around at Warner Brothers since 1993. Whoa. Um, right after Batman, Batman Returns. Returns came out. Yeah. They planned on doing a spinoff film with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Oh. So it was going to be the continuing adventures of Selina Kyle. The The big problem that they had was that at this point, Warner Brothers was kind of having a little bit of a falling out with Tim Burton. And Burton really wanted to direct the Catwoman movie. They were bouncing it around to a couple people that they wanted to have write versions of the script. And they really didn't get anything kind of off the ground until about 95. Apparently, the original writer for the film, Daniel Waters, turned in his first script version of Catwoman to Warner Brothers on the exact same day that Batman and Forever released in theaters. Oh, no. And so he he (laughs) said that in hindsight, that was probably the worst thing he had done. Because Batman Forever proved that Warner Brothers was really trying to take a more family-friendly and cartoony uh, turn with the Batman property. And his Catwoman script was not that. Oh, boy. So the project kind of just fell into development hell throughout the 90s. Um, After a while, Michelle Pfeiffer decided she really wasn't interested in waiting around for this movie to maybe finally get made. And so she walked. And the first person that they actually thought about bringing on after her was Nicole Kidman, who, funny enough, 
was the love interest in Batman Forever. Oh, that's right. That um, wouldn't have been confusing at all. No, not 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 in any way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think Kidman was really only attached to it for a little bit of time. Uh, oh, wait, There's no. Also, I got it backwards. Uh, Ashley Judd. I have it backwards. Ashley yeah. Judd came on before. I remember Ashley, the Ashley Judd rumors when this yes, was happening. So it was like late 90s, early 2000s. They were saying, yes, we're going to make it. We're going to have Ashley Judd playing Catwoman. Everyone was excited. And she then- would have been a good Catwoman, I think. I could see I Ashley. She pulled it off. Yeah, I can see that Ashley Judd as a character. Honestly, uh, I feel like anybody could have pulled this movie off. Honestly, well, this movie, yeah. yeah, this yeah. <laughs> um, but she was on it for a little while, wound up dropping out as well. Then it went to Nicole Kidman, who was really only around for a short period of time, maybe like six months of possibly being in the movie, until finally uh, Halle Berry got signed on uh, back in like 2002, 2003. The biggest problem that you're going to see is that throughout the 10 or 11 years that they were trying to get this movie made, Yeah, this script got rewritten oh boy. by nearly 20 different screenwriters. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's, that's a, a big, big fuck-up right there. That, that, <laughs> that combined with a one-name French director, you're not. that never works out. Never it's works out. To the point that I am almost certain... Every scene in that movie is written by a different person. Oh my! Probably that, it's that like, w- that's that the make a feeling you get. Yeah. It's like this is little vignettes that yeah. everybody has written. They're like, if we slash it all together, it could just be a movie. It, the movie seems like the like the epitome of the the mental health disease schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's yeah, totally schizophrenic and just neurotic, neurotically paced, it, neurotic it has, shot. It has no idea what tone yeah. it wants to yeah. be. There are no. points where it's campy. There are points where it's dark. There are points where it's serious. There yeah. are points where it's a comedy. Yeah. Like, it it doesn't know what movie it wants to be because it wants to be all of and them. It, and it doesn't do any of them well. well. The other amazing thing is this is a post-Oscar winning Halle Berry. This, she had won a fucking Oscar at this point. Her yes. career, if you look at the list of movies she's done, her career is all over the place. I don't know if she, it's because she has a good director. Like, despite her horrible performance as Patience Phillips, when she's Catwoman, it's kind of fun to watch her in this because she's just so over the top. But, like, this is a fucking Oscar winner. What's going on with the Halle Berry? Leave it to Imran to find the positive in Catwoman. There's a, there's a few positive things. Like I love her watching her as Catwoman. That's about it. Um, I I, sure. I cannot give you a reason as to a why or how Petoff got tapped to direct this movie. That I don't understand either. Like Fucking this P-Toff. is a dude who has not done anything in the way of movies in America. Outside of being the special effects coordinator and like B team director for <laughs> Alien Resurrection, which is considered one of the worst, I mean, is the worst Alien film yep. after AVPs. Yep. Yes, and it's a Fox property, so it's not like he worked for Warner Brothers before, right? So literally, it had to have been like he knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who was like, "Hey, can you give my buddy Petoff a try?" And somebody somewhere went. I don't know. Pay me a thousand dollars and sure. Wait. So clearly, this wasn't Warner Brothers. Clearly, this is Warner Brothers without DC Entertainment. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it has nothing to do with the comics. And like earlier this year, when Black Panther came out, there was a whole thing. Uh, one of the writers came out and just said this was a shit movie dumped by the studio at the end of a stale cycle. Of John Rogers and had zero cultural relevance either in front of or behind the camera. 
And this yeah. is the writer of the movie. Well, and, and that's, that's because right. the biggest issue was that, you know, uh, M- Michelle Obama had come out saying that Black Panther was a huge step forward for yep, the black yep, community yep. because it was written by, directed by, produced by, and starring a large number of black people in the business. Yeah. Uh, and this s- wasn't that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say, and, and some, some random conservative pundit came forward and was like, oh, well, where was all this praise when Catwoman came out, a movie that actually had a, a person of color and a woman in the lead role? And one of the writers came out and said, that was a movie that had a woman of color in the lead role, but it was written by a man, directed, directed by, by a, a man, white man, yeah. all of them white. Yeah. Like, it, there's nothing about this that is embracing or celebrating black culture. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was DC McAllister with, 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 a, with that. a costume that is clearly just objectifying oh, Halle yeah, Berry. Well, yeah. Straight up just male gaze. This movie yeah. is about Halle Berry's lips and cleavage and ass and sexuality. Pitoff tweeted, he continues, he, I mean, John Rogers, the writer, says, Pitoff had an eye for action, but nobody empowered you what movie they wanted. At one point, I said, You do realize the big third act fight in your summer tentpole is Halle Berry dressed like a Quebecois stripper beating the shit out of a makeup exec in a pantsuit. And uh, that's the that's the third act. It's amazing. The the thing that I find so funny, too, is just going through and seeing all the bits and pieces that they very obviously pulled from movies before it. Like... This and Daredevil were both movies that very obviously wanted to be Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a lot of Spider-Man yeah. stuff in this when she's climbing um, the walls. All the C- yeah, the CGI yeah. climbing the walls. The fact that it's got the voiceover that all three of these movies end with like the "Who am I?" Yeah. line, yeah. and it's like, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Like, I, we, your name is the fucking title of the movie, and I've been here for two hours. I know who the fuck you are. Cut to credits. Well, this is, is the uh, this is the time again when. They were trying to figure this out, and the two big influencers were X-Men and Spider-Man. Yeah, and even technology-wise, this is like the time when the CGI people like slowly got better and better every time. But you know, there were CGI people in, yeah, in Spider-Man too. Slowly got better, but but it but ne- don't age well. No, it, do- at all. it doesn't, and we're bad even for them. I mean, I think this that this CGI is a little bit better than like the Daredevil. Like some of the movements are there, but you see, like you see it in all the movies that came out around this time. They all had these CGI stunt doubles. Jesus Christ. I love that you can like find the good in anything. Some of her moving around with Ken, like I was like, oh, that's neat. But then oh, the movie no, just gave not. me a headache trying you know, to fucking follow the action through 17 million edits. I'll, I'll give you the greatest thing about this movie. When you go back and watch the basketball scene. Yeah, that's fun. There are two shots that are overhead shots of her like dribbling the ball and, and weaving it through her legs yeah. and like going back and forth and faking him out. Yeah. And you can tell that it is a six foot two man in a wig. <laughs> oh no way! Who is doing this? Oh, oh no. my Shit. god! No way! <laughs> it is straight up a man in a wig pretending to be a woman. That's great. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go That's back. Almost as good as the fucking mannequin. Yes. Yeah. Almost. You know, the other great thing out of this is is this. Thank you for putting me in a piece of shit god awful movie. I I watched her Razzie Award acceptance speech. First of all, she shows up with her Oscar in one hand, and she well, yes, gets this, the Razzie this was in the other hand. After the movie came out, 
and all the critics are shitting on it. There was one critic who outright said he she should give it back. She should give back her Oscar as a punishment for having been in. Catwoman. And she's like, fuck you. It's got my name on it. I'm not giving it back. But you watch this and she's actually was a really good sport about the whole thing. I rather enjoyed her take on it. She's like, she, I'm going to own it. It was this interesting mix of she's kind of being a good sport about it. She's kind of laughing about it. But there is such venom. She's shitting on every like her agent, the writers, everyone like, else in the movie. She's shitting number on one. I am dead certain she was pissed drunk at this point. <laughs> Had to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's it's all like, you know, uh, first, I want to thank Warner Brothers for putting me in this piece of shit movie. I want to thank my agent uh, who says I'm the greatest actor in the world, but refuses to read a script instead of looking at the check. Um, <laughs> she calls out Alex Borstein's there and it, she goes, you Borstein lied to was, me. I was gonna told say, me this was a good movie. Borstein was there because she was nominated for uh, worst supporting actress yes. in a film. This, Yeah. And so they both decided they were going to go. And she was like, yeah, you know, every day on set, you told me I was a great actor and that I was a wonderful Catwoman and you lied to my face. <laughs> Dude, that, the, this Razzie Award clip is better than the whole movie. Just watch the Razzie like, Award af- clip. After she's, after she's done shitting on Warner Brothers and her manager and her agent and Alex Borstein and the director and all the writers of the movie. <laughs> She then actually gives this whole thing about like, yo, you know, my mother always told me that if you can't be a good loser, then you don't deserve to be a good winner. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be here to say that, you know, I, I know that I was I did. I was in this movie. It was not good. I'm here to kind of laugh with everybody. Uh, but I do not want to be back here. Yes. So I think I learned a lesson. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I respected her after watching that. I was like, oh, good for her. She is a good sport about this whole thing. All right, two questions, and we will wrap this up. One, I want to know, you guys, do we need a legitimately good Catwoman movie? I mean, Selena Kyle character Wait, one, is amazing. One, one thing, yeah. why did they change Catwoman? Did anyone find that I out? don't know. I saw there's some quote from Pitoff on their, on their wiki quote. page where yeah. he says... He wanted to make it different. He wanted to make it different than Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Clearly, he he. I don't think he read any of the comic books. He's just no, fucking clearly not. bullshitting. But he's like, oh, they're all different. Uh, she could bring her own personality. And he just didn't give a fuck. I don't know. Or he well, didn't understand that's, it. That's the other side of it, is that you could tell that he had absolutely zero inspiration from the comics because he literally gives her superpowers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think somebody, point of somebody showed him, like, a Jim Lee drawing. Yeah. It was like, that's Catwoman. And he's like, okay. I can make something of this. I get it. And it's like, at which point, so was like, all right, I don't know. She has powers like a cat. She uses a whip, and um, that's it. And the only other thing that they used was they took the Tim Burton thing of her dying and being brought back from the dead right. by cats. Right. Yeah. yeah. The only, that was they the Michelle that. Pfeiffer bit. But and so, maybe, so that, maybe that's yeah. Maybe they thought that that was the origin. I was gonna say what that makes me wonder is because they're playing this whole concept of like, oh, there have been many Catwomen over the ages. Does this take place in the Tim Burton universe? Uh, and so Selena Kyle was, was just Catwoman, one of them. But now, like, Patience Phillips is a different Catwoman. I, you know, the, I love it. I actually really like Michelle Pfeiffer's Selena Kyle. And that, that scene was a little more vague. Like, she snapped. It wasn't so fucking literal that she turned into a cat. But what, what, who is your guy's favorite Catwoman? Favorite on-screen Catwoman. I love that transition, Emma. That was terrible. <laughs> She's only been... Look, we've only <laughs> seen Catwoman in four movies, technically, and then a couple of TV shows. So, out of the following, you let me know who you guys liked. We had Julie Newmar, 
on the first two seasons of the Batman 66 show. Then you had Eartha Kitt, season three of Batman 66. Lee Merriweather, who played Catwoman in the Batman 66 movie. Michelle Pfeiffer, Batman Returns, Halle Berry, and this fucking piece of shit. Anne Hathaway in Dark Knight Rises. And then you have Cameron Bicondova in Gotham, who's playing a young Catwoman. But I feel like we need more Catwoman. Who is your favorite out of these? Who you guys have a favorite? Actually, mine is Lee Merriweather. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, because as like when I was a kid, I had the, the Batman 66 movie like taped off of TV from somewhere okay. that I would watch all the time. Yeah. And like Lee Merriweather was one of my first crushes as a child. Yeah. As Catwoman. Yeah. Mostly because the Tim Burton version of like Catwoman and Penguin and everything terrified the shit out of me. <laughs> that young? Okay. <laughs> For me, first off, I the Batman '60s uh, films and TV shows. Yeah, I just don't have a great recollection yeah, of those. Yeah, so I got yeah. I got to eliminate those. Okay. I mean, in, in passing, I know sure. those characters. Gotham, absolutely not. Uh, Catwoman, no. Um, <laughs> so we're so down between to two. Anne Hathaway yep. and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. I'm going to lean Michelle Pfeiffer just because as I was a kid, I saw that and I was like, that bitch is badass <laughs> and crazy, like. I don't know if that's necessarily Catwoman, yeah. but and, she's crazy. And suddenly Anthony had a type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see where this is going. But, but I was actually very disappointed. I, I thought Anne Hathaway was okay, yeah. but I was disappointed in that take on Catwoman. So I'm going to say we haven't gotten a, real, a definitive Catwoman no, and I um, think, translated I on screen. I think we still need one. I had a huge crush on Julie Newmar when I, when I would watch the Batman 66 reruns as a lad over the summer. She was just... As a lad? As, well, what was I? Yeah, As a youngin'? As a youngin'. She was always... Uh, I just thought she... I just had a huge crush on her when I was little. I'm with you too, Anthony. It's between the Michelle Pfeiffer and the Anna Hathaway. I appreciate like the realistic take on her actually being a burglar. And I thought she looked sexy in the suit. All of these people prove that you don't have to dress like a dominatrix to look sexy in a Catwoman suit because they're all full bodied. But I do like I like the Michelle Pfeiffer. I thought uh, Tim Burton did a good job with that take. But we need a do we need a definitive, legitimately good Catwoman movie that's like actually Selena Kyle as a cat burglar uh, with a, a romance. It's, it's tough to do a Catwoman movie without. Without the bats. Her bat. it's, yeah. It is like doing a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Oh, but you right. know what? That's not stopping them. So, uh, yeah. I mean, someone creative enough can do it. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, I, I think it could be done. I think it could be done if they if they uh, skirt the concept of Batman and Gotham and everything just yes. enough. Yes. Where it's like, yeah, they exist in this same world, but like she's kind of off the radar and she's doing her own thing because, you know, Batman's busy fighting fucking aliens or whatever. I, I mean, I would. I think you could do it where she is good and bad at the same time. Like, well, that's she, what she is in the comic. Right, called antihero. Right. It would be you know, <laughs> and kind of like what Halle Berry's character did, where she just she returned all of it but kept the necklace. You would have. Which, you have by a the great, way, yeah, never showed up again. Yeah, what happened to the necklace? I thought kept it was the a, necklace, and I, I guess she important. just threw it in a goddamn closet. <laughs> I thought it was important. Uh, <laughs> huge, huge little MacGuffin that just disappears. But yeah, not we don't have many Catwoman to choose from. Uh, all right, well. That was quite a journey, Matt Delhauer. I still don't know why they changed. I it. had no idea. It doesn't make any. Again, I don't know why they made the this movie. This movie does ne- never needed to be made. There is there is nothing about this movie that tells me it had to exist. It wasn't even like people were they were they were you know this development for it. Yeah, 
but there wasn't like anyone clamoring right. like, "Hey, I want to see a Catwoman." No, after after Batman and Robin, no one wanted to fuch, fucking touch this property. Yeah, right. yep, yep, yep. And it took uh, so long for that. I'm like, why are you still working on this? Quite easily, like one of the worst movies of ever of all time. I think of ever of all time. Ever of all time. All <laughs> time. It, it, it is legitimately like there's there's what the fucks we've done yeah. where there's bad choices right. in terms of right. plot right. or character. This is legitimately just a poorly made film yes, all around. Yes, every decision was <laughs> every bad. decision, every cut, yep. and the way it's shot. Yes, the decisions made like they're all the bad. horrible music, the writing, the dialogue, the performances, just from top to bottom, a perfect choice for a what the fuck happened. Listener, if you enjoyed this, check out. We have nine other ones. Here's the ones we did: Spider Man Three, Fantastic Four from Josh Trank, Batman and Robin, Green Lantern. R.I.P.D. X-Men Origins Wolverine Daredevil from 2003 Howard the Duck and Masters of the Universe was the most recent one with Adam Morris. Uh, do you guys want to guess which one is our most popular? Which one has been downloaded the most? These are they're all very popular. episodes. I'm going to say despite us being about the three year mark. Yeah, I think it's still Spider-Man three. Uh, incorrect. Anthony Howard the Duck. Green Lantern is the mm. most the yeah, one we have the most. Everyone loves fucking shit on that movie. Yeah, they do. It's a lot of fun. This is a these these superhero movies. I mean, we're we're kind of spoiled now, right? We got a lot of shitty movies right? from the two thousands on uh, and earlier. Yeah, and now early and- from early two thousands to like. 2010, 11, we were getting some shit. This is why we will, this series must live on because we must never forget, never forget where we came from, what they were giving us. Don't you worry, Ron. We have a plethora of shit for me to suffer through. Oh, yeah. No, what what the fuck happens will go on forever because there is many, many. Hey, write in, suggest one if you want to hear one done. Um, Also, uh, quick mention, we are doing a special thing for our 250th episode coming up in about nine weeks. Se- what are we doing? We are collecting roast audio from our listeners. So if you've oh, ever nice. seen like a Comedy Central roast, uh, visit our website. Click the red tab on the left. It's the speak pipe. You have 90 seconds to say, you know, have fun, make fun of us, roast you us. You roast me, I'll kill you. Ro- everyone roast Anthony. Make sure you write roast when you send it. That way I'm not going to listen to it. We will listen to it. It has to be on SpeakPipe. has to be on SpeakPipe. Hashtag roast. Hashtag, hashtag roast. Put it in there in the name field and you will get our honest in reaction to listening to it for the first time. Dal Howard, tell the people where they can find you and about your awesome podcast. If you take a left onto uh, <laughs> Van Nuys um, yeah. and hit the uh, bodega, they can find me online on Twitter. Uh, I actually, after a long time, have decided to uh, change my you did. app. I noticed that. Um, what is the new handle there? Uh, so you, I'm just under the name Matt Delhauer, or they can find me at the Blink Dog. Okay. Uh, it is a nerdy D and D reference. Oh. So good, good for you if you get it, and if you don't, it. that's fine. I <laughs> don't care. That's that's for me. That's for daddy. <laughs> um, but uh, outside of that, uh, the the Ginger Geek Pod can be found at www.gingergeekblogs.com or on any uh, downloadable uh, podcast app that you may use: iTunes, Google Podcasts, but they whatever they have now, uh, Stitcher. 
so there's that if you want to listen to me try and uh take nerdy stuff and then teach you about things like psychology or sociology it's a or great version. show listener i highly recommend you subscribe to the ginger geek pod right now we have uh one that is hopefully going to be coming around in the next week uh if i get off my ass because it seems that i have decided to give myself a once a month uh schedule it's fine it's a monthly show it's totally fine um and stick around for the the after show and you may get a sneak peek as to what that episode might be sign up for the patreon listener thanks for listening and hanging out with us make sure you tell a friend spread the word turn someone on like glenn smith turned his sister on we love having you uh thanks for listening what i really would have worded i would have worded that differently Uh, that came out wrong huh i bet when i listen back and edit this i'm gonna be like oh yeah that's Don't not edit it. That's not what I meant. Keep it raw and real, turn, baby. Turn someone on to the show. That's what I meant. Like, uh, thank you, Glenn Smith, they, for turning yeah. your sister on. Make you sure to turn your siblings on around. before you listen. Switch wow, the switch to way, on. Way to just immediately taint a good thing. Yeah, we did. You <laughs> fuck. Wow. Now that I'm thinking about it, that sounded all weird. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Chuck. He's the nerd. We'll turn you on next week, listener. <laughs> Putting me in a piece of shit god awful movie. Yeah. <laughs> My boy's not here, so I have to talk now. <laughs> you gotta take his part. Yeah. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? Talking nerd. Anthony!